Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paranormal Roundtable. That's PRT for short. I'm your host, Josh Turner. And with me is... All- Wait, I got a different host tonight. You want to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. It's Anthony. Not Tony. Anthony. <laughs> Everybody's always uh, calling you Tony and thinking yeah. that you're two different people. Anthony is more involved in the production. Tony is the co-host, which we which yeah. goes by Mushu. Now, um, Tony's not going to be, be the uh, co-host tonight because I thought it would be kind of confusing. I brought Anthony on board because this uh, tonight's episode is going to involve some things from our hometown, which he knows a little bit about, a little more than Mushu does. And plus, Tony, um, uh, my guest's name is Tony. Uh, you want to introduce yourself? Hello, everybody. My name is Tony Duran. Tony Duran. Tony Duran is an old friend of mine. I've known Tony since we were uh, 1990. Something like that, yeah. Really? <laughs> it's been a long it's time. It's been a long time, a very long time. Very long time. We boxed together, Golden Glows, right, um, and, right. and, and, and we've known each other for years and years. He's a very good boxer. His dad was a, was a great boxer and a boxing coach, and he's got a younger brothers, a good friend of mine, Terry Duran. Shout out to him. And we have a lot of the same friends. We ran in the same circles in high school because I, I went to school in Taylor, but also went to school at Travis. Right. In Austin. And that's how me and Tony met. And me and Tony became friends from the recreation centers, from boxing, uh, doing the things we did in the, in the fight scene back in the day when we were youngsters coming up, little bad, little bad vatos running the streets. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it would be more appropriate to have Tony sit this one out, uh, Mushu, Tony. And so, because you already have Anthony, which, you know, I kind of wanted you here because the Taylor aspect. Yeah. And then, and, the, and then, of course, Tony. Now, Tony, this is going to be good for you, too. This may be cathartic for you because you're going to come on and you're going to talk about something that happened to you. But it happened in my hometown, which is right. not where you're from. And I think that it's going to – and you're going to get maybe maybe some answers from what happened that night because I've done a lot of research into what happened. Now, what happened to Tony happened to me, too. Folks, I've said this before. Um, 90% of the, 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 the paranormal things that have happened to me, there have been witnesses to these things. It's not like me just making up stories where I'm seeing ghosts, you know, no, there's, there's people that are there that can verify these things really happen. And this is one of them. Uh, before we get started though, it's Josh Turner at prtpodcast.com, Josh Turner at prtpodcast.com. Send me your stories and I can retell them on the, on the, on the show and hopefully I'll do them justice. And don't forget, if you go to the website, prtpodcast.com, you can submit art. We have our archives there. You can look, watch different shows, episodes. We have over 100 episodes now. And we've talked about a lot of weird stuff, <clears throat> everything from alien abduction, ghosts, uh, you know, any kind of hauntings you could think of, and cryptids. We do a lot of cryptids. So if anybody is interested in submitting a story, let me know. Reach out to me at, at Josh Turner at prtpodcast.com. We are also on several different platforms. We are on, I came Spotify, Google Play, uh, YouTube in particular is our main. Yeah, everything you need for the show to interact with or to listen to it, to get involved in any way, shape, or form is always going to be down below in the comment section of each, I mean, I'm sorry, in the description of each YouTube video. There's links to everything there that, that you could ever need for PRT. PRT, yeah. And so, and, and of course, I've been on Dogman Encounters multiple times and talked about um, the different stories that have come out of my hometown. And there is a playlist if you go to our YouTube channel and you can go down to Josh Turner videos that I've been on other people's shows doing my research and talking about the Dogman phenomenon. That, that being said, um, <clears throat> we're going to move on. I have uh, a few groups that we're involved in. Tony uh, Mushu. He does paranormal encounters. Nelly, 
uh, my wife, she does Paranormal Lounge, and I do Paranormal Roundtable with everybody. And then we also are involved in a couple other ventures and different groups. Uh, Ryan Tremblay, A Whisper to a Scream, we are actually in, in the process of, of getting our first uh, show out together. Me and him are going to be doing a joint joint project. <clears throat> he, of course, was from the VF, the Venomous Fringe, and he's no longer with them, and now he's doing this with us. So we'll be uh, talking, we'll be doing another show with him pretty pretty soon here. We're going to be releasing it. And so just be looking out for that first episode of A Whisper to a Scream because I think it's going to be a good deal. It's going to be his deal, and I'm going to be helping him out with it. Uh, and so that being said, we get all that out of the way. I think that's everything, right? Yep. I'm eager to jump into this. Mm. Now, Tony, Tony, okay, so <clears throat> let's go back to the beginning. For, for, first things first, me and you, we, we, we met when we were, we were teenagers. Right. Okay. And we would we would run around and, and the weekends and go and do stuff, you know. And, and uh, I, I really can't remember. <clears throat> I, I remember when it happened. I was seventeen. And you're my age, so right. you, you were the same age. We we're both seventeen, and we had two friends with us. Right, uh, right. A, a guy named Jason, Jason and a guy Nos, named Oscar. Oscar. Yeah, yeah. And you were in the passenger side, right, of the car, right. And, they, and Jason was behind you, and Oscar was behind me. Now I I have not I cannot get a hold of jason i don't know where he's at or what he's doing these days and oscar is he can't he can't he's got something going on Mm -hmm. so he's overseas so we have no way to get in touch with him or to to bring them on to verify this now i have been talking to you about this for a while about about you coming on and doing the show but we have not been able to coordinate it and i think that we we talked about it a few years ago and i said i'm eventually i'm going to start a show and then when i do i want you to come on now, here, here's what I'm, I'm going to preface it with this, folks. I told this story, I believe I told this story on the show when I was co-hosting with Sal. And so one of the things that, that, that I talked to Sal about beforehand was that it was an incident that actually happened to me. And I kind of took the advice of, of people around me and they said, well, you know, you, should, you probably shouldn't tell that story because it's really weird and, and stuff until you can get one of the people that was with you. But I wanted to talk about it because it kind of pertained to the subject matter. And so I told it from the perspective of one of the people that was with us, not necessarily you, Tony. So I left myself out of that story. But the truth be told, that happened to me and you, Tony. Yep. And so what I wanted to do tonight was bring Tony on and let him uh, talk about what happened. And I'll, I'll tell it from my perspective. He can tell it from his perspective. And then you listeners at home or wherever you listen to our great show, you can decide for yourself what you think this is. Now, I have done a lot of research into this phenomena, and maybe we can come to some sort of conclusions. But then again, you know, we may just come up with more questions and answers. So what happened was we were out, and if I remember correctly, it was in like October. It was in October. I remember because we're going going to one of your friends' house, Diamond Taylor. Yeah. And, I, you know, when we talked about this last time, uh, and we, when the subject got brought up and you asked, do you remember this? And I was like, yes, I cannot forget about this. This is one of those things that you just cannot forget ever. It's just like when you ride the bike for your first time, you just can't forget. Yeah. All right. And I remember we were going there and you're like, Hey, does, you know, this is Taylor, la, 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 la. you know, this is the, right now we're in the good side of Taylor and we're here. We go crossing the railroad tracks. You know, <laughs> this is the bad side of Taylor. Taylor. Nothing, nothing wrong with Taylor. I love y'all guys. But, you know, I'm just leading into the story here. And we get there and we we part. And and it was in front of a friend of it, mine's house. Right. It was now like she's one of the best, my best friends of my wife. She's a chiropractor. 
And whenever I told her the story about what happened in front of her house, she freaked out. And it was weird. And something weird actually happened when I told her about that story. And I'll get into that in a minute. But yeah. And so we were driving around and we had gone and seen another one of our friends, which you met, who was the guy that I saw the dog man with when I was 15. Mm-hmm. And that was Daniel Robles. And you were introduced to him. Right. And then and we kind of talked about that, which was weird. And then later on, we go and we drive around. And then uh, we, we went to visit my friend Heather. At, and she was working at the HEB. She's like, yeah, I get off in an hour or so. So we cruised around and we went and we parked in front of her house. And yeah. that and that's when the weirdness that's started. Little, yeah, that's when the weird. And the weird. I mean, yes. I mean, it started off fine. I mean, can you, you could just folks, if you just imagine, we, we parked and the lights were on, mm-hmm. and we were there. Me and Josh were talking. We had Jason. We had Oscar. We were it was just, dark. It was dark, and we were just talking, and we noticed. Okay, here goes a dog. All right, you know, where does this dog come from? I don't know where does this dog come from, and we we paid and no mind. We we just kept talking. Next thing you know, it was another dog. And then there was six altogether. Six, it was six altogether. Yeah. And then next thing you know, while we were talking, there was a fog. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Things got cut. Yeah. It's like you walk in a room and your hair is just stand up. And it was just like something's weird. Something's something's wrong here. Something's wrong with this picture, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, we 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 started having a conversation about man, what what are these dogs doing here? And then and then they stopped by the car. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just. I mean, I guess you t- tell about the talk about the guy. Yeah. So okay. <clears throat> so here we are, you know, talking about the, about these dogs, and we're like, man, where did all these dogs come from? And next thing you know, there's this guy, and he it will. was on he was on my side because you we I turned around and you pointed. It was like, who's this guy? And I was like, <laughs> what guy? And I turned around and boom, and I was like, well, what in the hell? This guy was just standing there. Now this guy has a long coat. He had a hat. Yeah, a hat, and a very inconspicuous, an in- innocuous hat, like right. a, like you'd wear like a farmer hat, like with a something. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And at the time, we couldn't even we didn't really pay attention to the face. We didn't. Really, you're just like, where's this guy? Where, where did, did he come, come from? from? You know, yeah, come from. <laughs> and there was he... a fog too, but yeah. but it was like kind of down the street, so the fog was was weird, folks. It was kind of like rolling, you know. Yeah, and it was and very weird. The thing was about that is that my more my attention was more focused on these dogs, man, because these dogs yeah, were weird, man. These these dogs weren't like black dogs. These dogs weren't like, oh, these dogs running around, sniffing, you know, they were like, like almost like in sync with this guy. Mm-hmm. Like this guy moved, they moved. He looks at them, this dog, one dog will, will, will walk around and then this other dog will go in front of the car. And I don't know, I mean, this entire time, I'm I'm kind of like, all right, I'm starting to freak out a little bit. And I hear the guys in the back. They're, <laughs> they're like, freaking out. Too. They're freaking out. And man, it, it was yeah, it was just it was uh, yeah, it was it, that was just when it started to get weird, you know. I, and then from that from that moment on, this guy started shifting around. Yeah, where did where did he go to the back? Yeah, he, he went, went to, to the, the he, okay, yeah, and and he went to the back. And but the the thing you noticed is his face because you noticed the face first. Right, yeah. right, right. It was like. Dude, I'm recalling the moment too, and I was like, "Folks, Tony's actually in the studio right now, and I can see that you're reliving this." I was like, "Because when he moved, his 
it's like his head was kind of like downwards, all right, folks. But when he shipped and he his head, his hat, his face went up, it was just black. Black. Just black. I mean, not the kind of black that you know it's covered by light, you but no, it, it was black. And there wasn't you couldn't tell face the facial fe- features, features yeah. or anything on it. And and I, I yeah, and we, you, you we freaked looked, out because you I'm, like you, you smacked me really hard on my like, arm, and you dude, were like, I was like, dude, just got no face, <laughs> man. no face, it's no face, he has yes. no face, yeah. and um, and it, it was just really, and and I, that's when everybody in, in the car started freaking out. That's when that's when he started mm-hmm. moving around. These dogs started moving around. It was like well, he was and we weren't we weren't scared people. You know what I mean, right? Like, that, yeah. <laughs> But the, but the thing is, Tony, you're you know we were Golden Gloves boxing, and then Jason was a wrestler, and I wrestled with Jason too. You know, and yeah. Oscar was no, you know, he was he was a youngster back then. I mean, he he turned out to be a pretty tough kid, but nobody was like afraid like of like people. You know, we were we grew up Southside. You know, we weren't like oh no, we're scared. You know, it was just so weird. You know, and he was he, like you said he like we don't know where he came from. He just showed up on that side of the car. But here's the weird thing that I remember is like he he disappeared. Like when he went past you. And you turn and you're like, dude, he's got no face. Then like J- Jason was like looking at him and he's like, like just staring at the guy. And he said that all he saw was him walk by and his head was turned. So Jason didn't get a good look at the face. But then the guy kind of loops around behind the car. Now, that's when I was looking in the review mirror and I didn't see the guy like the guy was gone. At that, that, point. That, that, was, that, that was the whole thing. Where did this guy come from? Because I was paying attention to these dogs. I could see you had your lights on in the front. I, we didn't. This guy didn't just didn't walk up in front of us. I can. I was looking in the river mirror, on this on the side, passenger side. I could see behind me. I didn't see nobody walk up. I didn't see anything. So, so the point. I mean, when I said, "Where did this guy come from? Where did he come from?" Yeah, and the it, dogs it was, appeared out of nowhere the, too. Dogs. Like, yeah, these dogs didn't just come out from a field or anything. They were just like you know, one, two, and then next, then one come from the other side, and you know, two. There comes two more. And it's not like we parked and this guy was just sitting there. No, this he came out of nowhere, nowhere. Nowhere, yeah. You know, and it, now the, here, here's the thing, though. When, when from what I remember, when he goes around the back of the car, okay, and I, and I know you remember because we talked about this the other night. He goes and he goes over to the backside. Oscar was behind me, and I think mm-hmm. he was the youngest. I think he yeah. was like 15, right? And he looked in the car at Oscar. And do you remember his, rea- <laughs> his reaction? I'm laughing, folks, but it wasn't funny at the time. But we, it was he was so horrified that he, he jumped over. He jumped he over to Jason's Jason. lap. Yeah, so he jumped over to Jason. And Jason's like, "Dude, get off of me!" Because Jason was freaking out, and everybody was freaking out. And then you were like, "You know, you were like, Wolf, drive, drive." You know, you started trying to tell me to. Well, I tried, folks. I, I lit. You can attest to this. Yeah. I tried. I turned the key, and the thing would not do anything. And the guy was looking in the back, so that that's when I when he reappeared. I saw him in my in my rearview mirror on the left, uh, my left the left hand rearview mirror, whatever by the door. I could see his body, and then you know, so then he I, I see him like kind of turn and look, and he kind of looked. He got down to where I could see him in my mirror. Oh my god! Yeah. Yes, and, I, yes, and when I, I saw mean, him in the mirror, oh, yes, then I realized he had sort of facial features but he his eyes were completely black i know this sounds so weird okay it probably sounds weird but his eyes were completely blacked out and he had no mouth his mouth where his mouth and jaw should have been there was just blackness 
Okay. And Oscar was screaming at this point. I think he was actually crying. Dude, he was he was freaking out. He was he was, fr- he was freaking out so so bad that he was on Jason and Jason was freaking out, but he was also trying to calm, of, him calm him down, calm down, getting it pissed off. And man, it was that <laughs> was oh man, it was it was a real it was we're it was the it was really intense. It was I mean, very intense. Very yeah. intense. And this guy. And then the dog in the front of the, do you remember the big one? Right. Well, I don't know if he was the biggest one, but he got up on the hood, hood. on the hood. Right, yeah. right. And, and we were just like, and Tony was like, what is going, like, <laughs> you were like, is this Taylor? Like, is this what happens <laughs> in Taylor? Like, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out and I'm going like, I'm sitting there, I'm, I started praying. I was like, God, please get us, please, please. And so I started trying to start the car. You know, and and I we I thought about you know maybe making a break for it into into Heather's house because she wasn't there, but we had talked to her mom, and because of her stepdad, who the way he was, we didn't we didn't go inside. But I thought about just saying, hey, let us in, you know. But we were afraid to get out because the dogs. I mean, right, and they right. were huge. They were like wolf like dogs. They're, they were black. Yeah, they were no scrawny street dogs. No. I tell you that. No, they were not. <laughs> Do y'all know what breed of dogs they were? Do y'all remember? Wolves? What do you think? I I I know I know I know there were one, I know one or two of them were rots, and I know the uh, the other one was a German German it, shepherd, German yeah. shepherd. Uh, or a very large or German, German shepherd. shepherd. Yeah, uh, the other ones I don't recall what they were, but I I I, I remember the rots, and I remember mm-hmm. that German shepherd because that that German shepherd was the first one that I the seen. first one that we saw. Yeah, the the, the rots were on y'all's side, and I didn't get a good look at them, but you said that they were solid black. Yes. Yes. There was no brown to them, but they looked like Rottweilers that were solid black. Jason said that too. Now, my brother, folks, if you know, my brother's been on the show a couple times. Jason used to work with my brother at a call center, and you know when he found out, you know that 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 was Jason. You know, he goes, "Hey, dude, you know my brother told me a crazy story," and so when Jason told him that story. He remembers the same thing you do, the Rottweilers on that side. I didn't see those. I, I, the ones on my side were wolf-like, and, and the ones on y'all's side were like Rottweilers. But he said they were solid black. But he, the way that Jason described them was like the dog from the Omen. He said, you know that dog? Dude, that was like, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good description. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And man, these – man, I, I, out of everything, that guy – but those dogs, man, those – those were the creepiest things. Those, those. If you, okay, so when I met Moomin and seeing, okay, just like the Omen, mm-hmm. how that dog was, those Ross were just whatever that whatever that woman wanted them one, to do. Yeah. yeah, was that's what they did mm-hmm. without hesitation. Without, I mean, they just moved, and that's how they were with this guy. And it was, it was so freaking. I mean, it, it was. Were they freaked show- out. Were they showing signs of aggression, like growling or baring their teeth, or, or, or were they just kind of circling the vehicle? They were kind of there, but they but they were definitely growling, yeah. But but it wasn't like they weren't they weren't um, like being overly threatening. But you could hear them growling and kind of like making noise. I mean, you know, and one of them got up on my wind my windshield. So they're they're almost like if you were if you were to think that they were stalking, kind of. Mm-hmm. They were okay. stalking. They were they were walking around. They were stalking. They were almost like you testing and see where they you know yeah if there was a way to get in there was a way to get in there they were they were Mm -hmm. stalking they were pretty much preying on it they were they were hunting that they were Mm -hmm. they were looking for something and and we were so afraid that i mean they were probably feeding on our fear i mean i mean because i'm convinced they were supernatural there was nothing they, they, they looked physical and they moved the car but 
you know, and here's an interesting thing. I told this story to, to Tony Mushu, my co-host, who's not here tonight. But me and him talked about this case a, a while back, and it was after one of the times that we had talked, me and you. And so he he had an interesting theory. He said that what if the dogs were actually the the intelligence and the human character was just there to to to, to be a decoy to make it look like he, there was a man walking the dogs. Have you thought about that? I didn't think about that. But then a, a puppet, yeah, like a puppet master. Well, that that kind of that actually kind of makes more sense than what what I'm what I'm saying. How these dogs were just they were they were the ones they were in control in control. They were walking. They were doing. They were walking him. Yeah, because they, he was very stiff the way he walked. Imagine like a zombie, right? Yeah, it, it was like a zombie in, in a trench coat. Okay, but he had like a long. He he had like a white shirt underneath. We we talked about that, mm-hmm. and you could see the the sleeves coming. I remember the detail because he came right up to the window on my side when he went after he went to your side, and the the sleeves were kind of coming down to the to the hand. You could see the white. So there's like the 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 there was an undershirt. So the, and then there was like a coat over that shirt, and then there was black pants. I don't remember shoes. I don't remember shoes. Uh, I mean, I don't even remember I, I, I that at all. We're paying attention to shoes. Attention to shoes. <laughs> but he had some, and this was weird. He had something. This is something that Oscar told you, Anthony, when he, you interviewed Oscar one time. Not interviewed him, but you questioned him. Yeah, we talked to him about this incident. You, yeah, it was me, you, and Porkchop, uh, Big John. Yeah. And we were, as one of my ring brothers, and we, we, we were all hanging out, and you asked Oscar on the way home about that, and Oscar goes, oh, my gosh. So that and Tony, his first words out of his mouth, he goes, "Ask Tony or Jason, dude, please." <laughs> and that he goes, "Well, Tony and Jason aren't with us. Just tell us what happened." So then Oscar, he goes, "Okay, I'll tell you." He's like, he had a couple beers, you know, and he goes, uh, "He he he said he can't talk about it unless he loosens up, you know." He had a couple beers. He goes, "I'll tell you later." So then he did. Eventually, we we gave him a ride back to his car, and uh, he told you, Anthony, exactly what he saw. And he, and he said that it gave him nightmares for like a long time. He couldn't sleep and he kept seeing, but he didn't see the guy. It was weird. He told me that he would see the dogs. Like that was what was weird. Well, that, that, that was the whole thing. You know, when you, man, I, I, I wish I can, if y'all could just close your eyes and you know, you're just sitting in the car and y'all just chit chatting with your friends and you know, you notice one dog and okay, you know, goes one dog knows and then, you know, you, then y'all start talking about where did these dogs come from? At the same time, you know, you, your headlights were on, you don't see anybody coming towards you. Mm-hmm. You looking in the mirror. Cause you know, you, Hey, by that time you're, 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 you're getting on guard. Like where did these dogs come from? And you, I'm looking around, I'm looking at the, the mirrors, I don't see anybody come from behind us. The next no. thing you know, you know. They had to have come from the front. But, but, I mean, but how? 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 Yeah. I, I mean, this is something. I mean, we had a straight clearance. I mean, yes, it was foggy, but it, it's, <clears> I mean, it wasn't a dense fog. where The you, fog uh, rolled in was what was weird. Yeah, I, it just wasn't something like something just appeared throughout the fog. I mean, you could still make heads or tails what was coming, what was coming at you or coming from behind you. And this guy was just, you know, I'm. You know, you if you sit in the passenger side and you're talking and freaking out about these dogs, and you turn around and you know, hey, there's this guy right there by the window <laughs> on my side, and nobody you know, knows. Nobody where he knows, came from. and then you know, all these groups of dogs just ride around him, and it's like, what in the? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It was, yeah, it it was it was nuts, man. It was nuts. It was really intense, and man, I, 
fear was out the I mean, fear was out the wall. I mean, it was just we were. Mm-hmm. And, we then were you, and then out. you were telling me to drive, and what was weird was now this is a, this is important. I know Oscar told you this, Anthony. The car was on. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't understand why I couldn't just drive, but for whatever reason, the car, you know, I started turning the key, which the car was already on at that point. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And when I started to turn the key, it should have grinded, you know, like made that noise. It didn't. It didn't. And it wasn't on. The car was off. So somehow the car was off. And then I realized the headlights were off too at that point. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, the car's dead. We're, you know, we're stuck here. And then eventually, you know, they just kind of kept going. They walked past the car. I guess once they figured out that we weren't going to get out of the car, mm-hmm. you know, and and confront whatever or allow them to get into the car, that's the impression I got. It was like they just kind of went past the car and they kept going. And then the fog was – this is what's weird. The fog was gone from in front, but then the fog was behind us. And that's when they just disappeared into the fog. Hey. I mean uh- – I have a theory. What's going on? Hey, Nick. Nick's in the studio. What's going on, Nick? Just got here. Sorry. I have a theory. Okay. So the human, the guy with no eyes, no mouth, Mm -hmm. was a decoy. Yeah, he was a decoy. He was a decoy for the dogs, the Joker dogs. Mm -hmm. The ones that kind of laughed. and, And he was the decoy just to scare the crap out of you guys. That's my theory. And see, now what Nick is talking about, the Joker dogs, that, that's one thing I was going to get into with you, Tony. Now, you remember how we corresponded a few years ago and we started talking and, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, I'm going to put together a podcast. It's been about right. three years or something. And then you said, you know, hey, eventually maybe I'll, I'll come on there. Now, Tony, you told me something. You, first, first of all, you said you hadn't talked about this to anybody. Uh-uh. You never talked about this to anybody uh-uh. except for the people that we were with. Yeah. Yeah. Except one time you were at the, at the, at the club and you told my brother. Now, I remember you t- you came to the bar, you told my brother, yeah. yeah, you'd had a couple drinks, and you didn't want to talk about it at first, but me, I'm kind of pushy. So I said, dude, tell him the story. So you told him from your perspective what happened. Now, my brother's the only one who's talked to you, Jason, Oscar, and me, and got all of our stories. He's the only one. Um, now, you have talked to Oscar, and but but like I said, my brother got all y'all's stories. Now, according to you, it was just we're the only people you've talked to about it. Now, when we talked about this, since then, I've done a lot of research, and I told you I got a story. Um, and now, what Nick is referring to, because folks, Nick is the guy that that shares an office with my studio, and he actually is an author. He's a really nice guy, and and he's going to come on the show too and talk pretty soon. He's got a lot of really cool information about some stuff. So, uh, Nick Taylor, everyone. So, so what what Nick is referring to is is the story that that I told. Now, I've told this on the show, and Anthony, of course, you did all the editing on this show. You know. I believe it was one of the episodes that, that I retold from the Dogman Encounters, and I think it was Dogman Encounters 58 uh, with Vic Cundiff. Now, what happened on that show was there were three guys that I was playing baseball with when we were kids, and they we played for like the different clubs like Rotary, Optimus, the JCs or whatever, and I played for one club, they played for another, and we had just had our baseball practice, and we had to share fields. There was like three fields out there, and it was called Hidalgo Park. Now, there's a legend in my hometown called the Hidalgo Dogs. It was told to me by my great aunt, who, Anthony, of course, growing up, you've heard all these weird stories. The story is that they were mariachis and that they had sold their souls to the devil. You know, this, just, to, just to make a long story short, and, and, but when, they, when the devil came to take his due, they became dogs. Now, the story, folks, in case you haven't heard it, just to, just to go over it, 
these three kids that I went to school with, they were they were finishing up baseball practice and they were walking their bikes. And, and the reason they were walking their bikes is because one of them didn't have a bike and the other two did. So they were walking in courtesy to him so they could walk together. And this was on the south side of Taylor. It's not a real nice area, as Tony pointed out earlier. It's by the railroad tracks, and the railroad tracks have a very long history. And Anthony, you know that too. Yeah, we were always to call told it the line. You don't cross the line. The line. You don't cross, you don't cross the, cross the line. line. Is that, the line. Yes, yes. the and line. You were told in Taylor, you don't cross the line because that's where bad things happen. And so, and, and it not only physically but Why supernaturally. Why did we cross the line? Yeah. Why did we cross the line? So, but, you know, th these these kids were walking, and they hear somebody speaking in Spanish coming from the Johnson grass that was grown up around the, the railroad tracks. So then these kids knowing, you know, that this is not where you're supposed to. It's not, not a place you want to be. Once you cross that, that area right there, you're fine. But but going down that road, you're by the railroad tracks. You know, there's there, there were, there's been murders there and all kinds of things that have happened. They heard Spanish, so they thought that these were migrant workers that, that maybe were sleeping in there just waiting for their shift or whatever because there were a lot of them that would work on the railroads there. Um, this giant black dog leaps out onto the pavement. And they said that when it did, it, it was kind of like almost like a the way it leaped was like it was like smoke. Then it became a dog. Like it was just boom. It was like so fast, you know. And then it, it, it spoke in Spanish and then two more dogs popped out behind them that were a little bit smaller than the first one. And they were all looking at each other and talking. They were making words, like speaking in Spanish. But only one of the kids was Mexican. The other one was black. The other one was white. The, the Mexican kid, who now works at Dell, he's got a really good job. I don't want to say his name. I've told him I wasn't going to say his name. But he swears this really happened. And his older brother is a really good friend of mine still, too. I talk to his brother pretty pretty regularly. Um and they, he attested to this, you know, he said that they were talking and then one of them just stood up on two legs and he heard like pop, pop, pop. And it just stood up on two legs. And then its legs kind of moved, almost becoming kind of human-like the upper body kind of elongated and it kind of twisted its head. And then it told them in Spanish run. And of course the other two kids don't know what the heck he's saying. He, it's, it's basically, he gives them a warning in Spanish. And so he, they all scatter in different directions and eventually, you know, they, they get away and they can hear these dogs laughing. Like these dogs are laughing. The other two never stood up. They just stayed on all fours from what I remember. Now I have interviewed the other two kids and one of them actually was, he used to go out with my cousin. And so I have talked to them and they're all my, they're our age, Tony. And so I've interviewed them. I've talked to them, and they all have the same story. It has not changed. Just like if you ask me about the story that happened between us with this guy, this weird guy with the dogs, your story is the same as mine, the same as Jason, same as Oscar's. It's 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 it has not changed, you know. And I, you know, like I said, I've told this story before, but I kind of I didn't put myself in there. I just put it from the perspective of this happened to some friends of mine because it did. Mm -hmm. But I did not want to talk about that story until I had someone that could verify it and back it up and say, hey, this person was with me when this happened. And then, of course, I reached out to you recently and we, we caught up and we talked about the old days, boxing and yeah. all that stuff that we grew up doing. And then I, I, <laughs> we started talking about it. And the interesting thing is, like, I believe, I think I've told your brother this story when we were at your house one time, something kind of weird happened. And we talked about that. And then you came out of the room and you didn't say anything and you kind of went back in. But I remember telling Terry, your brother, about this. 
you know, about this story, but yeah. you said you never told him, and you guys were close growing up. So. Oh man, this I'm telling you, man, this is one of those things, man. I, you know, I I've always had, I have a lot of interest, interesting stories. I have a lot of stuff that I encounter, things that I seen, felt. So something like something. This was the most intense. Besides mm-hmm. another thing that that happened to me. Uh, this is one of those ones that I was so intense that it really freaked me out because as close as I felt, I felt something so bad. Evil. Evil. Absolutely. I felt something so evil. I felt it before. I Like I said, I had something else ha- happen to me before that really freaked me out that I felt it. And this was, and, but this is one of those things that I have never talked about it like I haven't talked about this other thing. And it, it's, it was... Like I said, when you asked, do you remember, man, I, I, I think about this like every so often, like this, it comes it, up, it comes up, mm-hmm. uh, it just pops up and, you know, during movies or anything like that, when anything with dogs, anything, kind of, <laughs> it, it, it pops up, man. I, I think about us being into that darn car and I think, you know, I think about you telling, Hey, this is one side of Taylor. As soon as we cross the road, I think about that. And I, I, I think about that guy, and I think about, and I remember his. Well, I don't remember his. I looked at his his visage, know, or yeah, and then, man, it, it was very, it was, very intense, very, very intense. Yes, the way y'all described it, this figure that was accompanying the dogs, it with the with the long. You said it was a black trench coat, right? Yeah, he had like yeah. a white shirt on. With okay, me, and, I, and he had something on his shirt too. I saw that. But I mean, okay, I'll so get he to had that a, in a minute. So he had a white shirt and with a trench coat over it. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And then he, you said he had like a farmer's hat. Yeah, it, no, I, no, not like a farmer's hat. Like a, it was like a baseball cap with like the fishnet. Like in the, it's like a regular cap. Oh, like a trucker's hat. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, but I don't tailor the oh, okay. farmers would wear that yeah. with the fishnet yeah, in the yeah, summertime. Yeah. yeah, he was dressed like a normal guy. Oh, okay, because I had this mental image of. of uh, have you ever seen that movie Jeepers Creepers? No, no, no. It wasn't like that. Okay. No, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no definitely not like no. that. Okay. Now, here, no. here's what I saw w- with the shirt now, and I wanted to verify this, but this is one of the things that I, I remember my brother's pointing this out because he said Jason said that he saw that it looked like the guy, and okay, this is weird. And this is one of the reasons also why I wanted to do it at Christmas because he said it looked like he had a Christmas uh, pattern on his shirt. Well, do you do you know what the what I remember seeing on his shirt? And I didn't realize at the time what the significance was. But on, on his shirt, he had like this uh this this like weird looking mariachi kinda mar- yes. Yes, okay. And it, it looked like the three amigos. But they dressed like mariachis. <laughs> and and there was like a Christmas tree in the background. And I remember like we said it was October when right. this happened. And so because it was October and it was about, I think, a week before Halloween or something, and we had gone to my friend Daniel Robles's, who's now a preacher in my hometown. He's the guy I saw the dog man with when I was 15. Now, I always wondered if maybe that night, like he had told us that story, like maybe it, it you know, it freaked us out or something because, but you had heard that story before because I told you because you know, mm-hmm. we were talking about ghost stories one day. Right, right. Yeah, and we were at uh, the rec center, which is notoriously haunted, and we boxed in this old, we used to box in this old rickety rec center. <laughs> <laughs> and it was haunted because like you'd be over there and the reflex back start moving and we're like, what the heck is a cocoon over there? And, you know, because we were, you know, and we were poor. We grew yeah. up and, you know, and. And by the way, Tony has a fist of stone. Uh, uh, he's got some hard hands. I can t- I can attest to that. So we're over there and we're we're at this uh, haunted gym, you know, because it was an old dilapidated building. 
And I, I know you know which one I'm talking about. So we're sitting there and, and you know, I remember Pops telling like some kind of ghost stories or whatever. Right, and right. then I was like, I got a story. So I told about what happened to me. Now, I know the first time I told you that, you kind of looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't talk about this, you know. So when we went back to my hometown, I made it a point to, to, to introduce you to, to you guys to my friend Daniel who actually told that story. But then a couple of hours later, we're messing around and doing whatever. And then that that thing happens with this guy with these dogs. And I don't know if it's connected or not, but you know, here's the weird thing that there's two things I wanted to point out. First of all, when, when I told that story to your brother, when we were, when you all were living at Sunny Meek, right. which is not there anymore, that, right. that's complex. It's, 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 it's not there. It's been yeah, tore down. Very rough complex folks. It was a very bad area. Um, and so we were hanging out or whatever after school, and I remember Terry Terry talking about, you know, I heard y'all had something weird happen, but you didn't tell him what, no. that, what that was. And so Terry goes, what was it? And you, we were like making sandwiches or something. I remember that. And and uh, and your dad was very nice. He was always like trying to be helpful and mm -hmm. he offered us food. So if your dad was deaf, a very, very nice guy. I liked him a lot. And he would always let me come over and just, you know, any just whatever, you know, and was real, real, real kind man. Great boxer too. And so, anyways, we were talking and we were making sandwiches, and Terry goes, "Oh, so y'all saw Okukoi?" And he puts the knife down on the counter, and then he goes, "So what did it look like?" And I said, "Dude, it looked like a a, a guy walking with a bunch of black dogs." When right when I said that, that knife kind of shook and fell onto the ground, and the noise, I guess, kind of brought you out of your room, and then you come out and you were like, and Terry, we were all standing there, and everybody just kind of got quiet, and then that was it. You went back in the room. Because you were just like, whatever, man. <laughs> back was, in the room. I was probably like, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. And we just didn't we didn't talk about it at that point. But then we were by the pool one day, and I told Terry the story. So I may have been the only person that ever told him. Right. Because then you told me years later you had never told I him. I have never told Yeah, I have never, ever. <clears throat> I We have spoke about it before. I I think I, I may, may have briefly touched on it with my wife. Briefly. Like, I didn't go through over the whole thing. It was this is, I mean, it's yeah. very intense. It, 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 I mean, it's it is. intense, man. It, it is is intense. It's hard to talk it, about. It, it, it's hard to talk about. You want to bring that stuff back up? Yeah. You don't want to remember that and like feel the feelings in the memory, mm -hmm. right? Like I know, I mean, right? What we're doing right now, man. I'm just like I'm almost in, almost like in a, in a kind of not that I'm a timid person. I, I'm almost like in a I'm almost like in a pan because I'm I remember this freaking guy, man. This, Yes, yeah, dude, it, it, it was the shit. It gave me the chills, it, it, it man. Was it was very just like, much the man. chills, yeah. And it's, <clears throat> it was very hard. It was, now, yeah. see, folks, that's why I wanted to, to wait to tell this story until you came on the show because me telling it by myself doesn't do it justice. When you come on the show and then we can talk about it, here's what's weird. Now, that girl whose house we were in front of, okay, her stepdad was a very mean guy. I mean, he was a very bad guy. And, and uh, you know, her mother was a very sweet person, like the exact opposite. I don't know how she ended up with that guy, but she, when, when I told her the story, she thought maybe it had something to do with him because he was such a bad guy and he had all these bad people coming around. Right. And I told her that may or may not be, it may have been just a coincidence, but we were talking about it and I'll never forget this. I was with Zane, uh, my nephew, who's Diablo, my brother, you know, his son. And we were, we were at, uh, at her house one night and we were talking about it. And when, when I told her that story, she goes, oh, my gosh. And, and, and then while we were talking about it, something fell into the, into the kitchen sink and made like a, a crash. And she was all like kind of freaked out. So my nephew was with me and he walked over there and he looked and he was just like, oh, it's just a coffee mug. And she was like, what? 
it was a coffee. It was a mug that she had sat on the counter and it just kind of fell into the sink. And like, we don't know how that happened, but it was when we talked about it. And then I thought back to the time where, when I talked about it to, with Terry, your brother, we were making sandwiches. Yeah, that's why I don't want to talk about yeah, it. Exactly. Dang then it. something weird happened, you know? And then, so I was just like, okay, this is really intense story. This is really weird. And, and so it seems like something always happens. And now my friend Daniel that I saw that, that, that war wolf dog, man, whatever you want to call it back when I was 15, which would have been two years before that. Mm-hmm. Um, he told me a, a weird story and I want to get him on the show one day and have him talk about stuff. But he, he claims that he was walking down the street one day and a guy came out of what used to be, you remember the old insane asylum? Oh yeah. The, it's, uh, it was called the Wittemeyer hospital in Taylor, mm-hmm. Texas. Yeah. Yep. There was a guy who he still to this day, he doesn't know if the guy was like an actual guy or if it was some sort of demonic entity, but he said it came out like from, from the front of that building, which is not there anymore. It's been torn down. I think in 2018 was torn down or 17. I believe so. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because I never, I never had the bravery to break into it like a bad kid. And, and <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You're, you're me neither. Because I was. Everybody I, was like, "Don't go there." You're probably better up to off with, not breaking into that place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I walked up to it with a couple of other dumb, probably 17 year old friends, and just turned away. We couldn't do it. It was too creepy. Yeah, it, it was just same old, thing happened to me. Yeah, it was just an yeah. old boarded up insane asylum right there on 7th Street in Taylor. Yeah, right down the road from where my aunt and uncle live. And so, yeah, so that same thing happened to me. I was, I was, I think, you know, probably like, you know, 14 or something. And, and me and a couple of my buddies were going to go and, and break in. And we were all like, yeah, let's go. And then we heard noises. And one of my friends claimed he looked in and saw something moving. So then we were just like, we ran. And that may very well have been. But my friend Daniel said that he was walking down the road and this thing came out from in front of that and 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 just came, like confronted him. And it was like this tall guy and the description was very weird. It was almost like what what we saw. Um now Oscar told you that the that the guy looked Hispanic. He told you that. Yeah. And he but he said he looked like a like a Hispanic guy with no eyes. He had darker skin but with no mouth. But when me and you first saw the guy like you had a better look at him than I did on your side. Right. It looked like the guy had uh, no face because you couldn't see. I couldn't like, see. Couldn't see anything. Yeah. Yeah. I just couldn't see. I know something was there, but I just could. It, I had there was no facial facial features at all. I know, yeah. It was just called so, metaphysical uh, shock. Uh, huh? When something comes out of nowhere, mm-hmm. you have what's called metaphysical shock. So shock is where you don't feel but you still kind of see, but you mm-hmm. don't register everything because it's coming out of nowhere. Yeah, out of nowhere. Nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it shocks your system. You see it, mm-hmm. but you don't believe it, but you still see it. Mm-hmm. Right. still don't believe it. So you don't catch everything. Yeah. Nick, you hey, why don't you something. Here, come, come, come take over real quick and, and, and talk about this real fast. Really? Yes. Yeah. Sit down and, and do that. Okay. Because we're, we're, we only had three mics, we didn't set up another one. If I'd have known you'd have been here, I'd have said, "Yeah, let's do it." So explain that to, to the audience, uh, Nick. So, in my experience of almost fifty years of metaphysics, psychology, and subconscious psychology, um, I've experienced a lot of crazy, crazy things on a physical, metaphysical, pataphysical level. Right. Um, there's many different dimensions that surround us. And there are people that can experience those things and see them, hear them, 
physically, audically, physically, like crazy. But when it comes to, comes like what you experienced, where you see this person, they have no face, but they have a face. So when someone's coming at you and you're kind of freaking out, you're not, you've never experienced anything like this. It's called a metaphysical shock. And so you'll remember certain things and not other things. It's like when people get in a car wreck or when women give birth to children, they don't remember the whole birth. They don't remember all the pain because you create what's called cellular memory block. So you don't remember that forever. And it keeps hitting you on a emotional and physical pain level. You forget those things. It's called cellular memory block. And on a metaphysical level, it's even more intense. So you'll see something, you remember bits and parts of it, but not all of it. Right. Because your spirit, your consciousness, your physical body, your biology doesn't want to remember all of that because it doesn't want to keep recalling it for the rest of your life so that you can keep growing, keep, keep, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, keep evolving. Yeah. So it's like a self-defense mechanism. It's almost. a self-defense mechanism okay. on a mental and metaphysical and spiritual level. And so that's why, like, trust me, bro, I've, I've seen some things. I've seen some things. I've experienced it. Like me, me and Wolf talking the other day, and he was like, he was walking through this building that was like notorious for being haunted. Oh, that's that's that, that's that's the building. That building that way. We we, we did we did. Yeah, y'all yeah, worked there, dude. I've man, there's been yeah yeah. There's been time. We're we'll get it. Yeah, we're we'll definitely get into that. And one. Wolf was like, yo, I felt this tap on the back of my neck. I turned around, I see none. But then a few minutes later, I turn around and it, it's right there in front of me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, your 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 being wants to continually evolve, but not remember all the like like um, things that are a detriment to your growth, mentally, spiritually, physically. So you block things out, but the subconscious remembers everything, everything. So that's why when when people really want to remember something, they go to like a hypnosis therapist and. You know, like what really happened, and then they go into hypnosis and they draw all this stuff out, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh my God, it's painful. It's crazy." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but some people do it. Yeah. Some people do it. But like, we have these defense mechanisms so that we can keep growing and keep doing these things. But there's some things we do need to remember on a metaphysical, pataphysical, physical, biological level. So that we can evolve. We need to remember these things. We need to remember and understand that there are other dimensions all around us. And we can learn from those other dimensions. We can experience things, whether they're dark, light, in between. But we need to keep growing as a human species on all different levels. And we got to keep growing. We got to keep going to exist because like consciousness is what it's really all about. People ask me like, what's life all about? And I'm like, experience. It's one word. It's that easy. But there are a lot of scary experiences. 
There's a lot of good experiences. There's a lot of in-between experiences. But me, me personally, I believe in you got to experience all experiences in all different dimensions, all different levels, all different levels of evolution to become better as a species, as a human race. It's about embracing it all, the, the, the happiness, the sadness, anger, positive, negative, all of it. It's part of the same whole. Embracing all of it, but being able to become better, stronger, faster, smarter, and eventually uplifting everybody up to those levels. But you got to deal with your demons at some point. Right. You got to deal with the bullshit at some point. Sorry, I cussed. You got you to deal with all different levels of levels of consciousness, being, physical, metaphysical, everything, spiritual, all that. You got you to gotta work your way up to become bigger, better, faster, smarter, stronger. Y'all agree? Definitely, one hundred percent. I'm gonna pass the mic over to uh, back to Wolf. But thank you for having me on, man. Yeah, yeah, and then we're definitely gonna chop it up sometime. Yeah, that was awesome. We go, we gonna, we gonna, Wolf, you and I are gonna chop it up one time <laughs> for a minute, like for about the things we'd be talking about. <laughs> yeah, but I think that that was that was an amazing point because it, it's it's like uh, it's like the brain and the spirit, the mind and the spirit have kind of an immune system just like the body does. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so yeah, and folks, that was Nick Taylor. Like like I said, he's an author and he's actually gonna come on the show at some point and we're gonna talk. We share an office and it's so weird. The first day we met, I was thinking, I gotta share an office with some guy, I don't know. And and then when I met Nick, I was like, that was like a breath of fresh air because we we were so on the same level with almost everything. We just like we totally connected and clicked and he understands the paranormal in a way that a lot of people don't. And so, anyway, thank you for sitting in on that, Nick. And you can sit down if you want to be here. You know? Bro, thank you for letting me sit in. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, this guy right here, bro, you got, I know you got a lot of things you've experienced that you just don't want to talk about, but this is a safe place. This is a safe space to talk about. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. We got enough time uh, today to go over <laughs> everything, man. But yeah, yeah. I, dude, I, I have, like, you know, what you were talking about, people feel there's people that, that has audio. I'm the I'm the one that can feel. Yeah. I can walk in a room and I can feel, mm-hmm. and I know when there's something's gonna happen. I I, I feel it. I, I already I, I already feel it. I already I can already see because yeah, a lot of stuff that you see like shadows. You don't see it directly. You see it out. You prefer, peripheral, peripheral, yeah, right. Peripheral. You see something flash. You know, people. Oh, it's something. It's just a light. No, it, it's something's there. You just it just. It was going too fast for you, you but your peripherals are what I caught it, all right? So what I call that is the quantum touch. The what? The quantum touch. The quantum touch. Quantum is what you can't see. It's not actually physical, but it's on the metaphysical, but it touches you. Right. And you feel it on a quantum level, and you know it's coming. It's called the quantum touch. There you go. Quantum touch. That's... I get that shit all day. Every time, whenever Wolf is finna come into the office, I know I know he's on the way. He don't have to call me out to text me. I know he's on the way. So, like, matter of fact, when I was on the way up here, I was like, you're doing a podcast. So, I'm going to be real quiet. So, you know how quiet I was being coming in? Yeah, when you came in, we didn't even hear you. Like, extra quiet. Where usually I'm just like, clang, clang. Yeah, yeah, we both yeah. do that. We just... But I knew you, you had something going on. It's called a quantum touch. Yeah. And it's where it's not, like... This type of touch, it's like you know 
I know there's something. And my, and my wife, and it was funny, my wife tells me, you know, when we, I've been, I've been with her for over 13 years. And if, you know, the very first, uh, not the first day, but when we met, you know, as time went along, we, we were together and we were living together. She goes, she always, you know, she, what did you bring? And I'm like, what do you mean? What did you bring? She goes, there's something here. Yeah, she she felt your, your old it. house was haunted. My though. old yeah. house was haunted. I did. I experienced a lot of stuff. I had a lot of weird, like, evil, evil dream, uh, dreams that man, it was so for real. It was so real. They're vivid. Yeah, so vivid. There you go. That's where I was looking. So vivid. You still think it's a dream, but it actually came to fruition in real life. Yeah, right. Tangible, physical, mm-hmm. tangible, very tangible. Right. So, even Wolf talking about, we were talking about this, uh, was it last night and that before, um, when he worked at this place, he ended up bringing it back to his own place. Yeah, and and, and see what Nick is talking about, folks, because you can't hear him. Tony, Tony, we're going to get into that a little bit. Tony worked in a building. Yeah, I know we're talking because I I bring stuff all the time. And it doesn't, and sometimes they don't want, those suckers don't want to go anywhere. But there's, There's a reason why. Because you play oblivious to it. But even the fact that you do see it, they know that you're on the next level and they can attach to it and come with you. They're the traveler. They're the hitchhiker. When you see them on the side of the road doing this on a metaphysical level, you see out the corner, yeah, you try to ignore it. They still attach yeah. and they come with you. You yeah. got to be careful with that. Yeah, I know. And, and it, it, it has bitten me in the butt a couple of times. Uh, uh, you know they're they're very hard to get rid of. I, th- I think no, the reason not. that they're we not. saw that guy they're that not. night they're not hard to get rid of. To me, they were. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, well, hold I mean, on, Nick. Cause... Hold on. That's a story for another show. Okay, okay. We're, we're going to get into that at some point. Well, real, real quick, how to get rid of them? Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you don't mind, for those who are listening that are having problems with the type of stuff, mm-hmm. give a real quick, like how to get rid of them. You focus your mind on light, the sun. The sunshine, the sun shining, the light of the sunshine. You just focus yourself right in front of the sun, your soul in front of the sun, just sunlight just burning through your whole soul. And that will get rid of any hitchhikers, any darkness, any dark consciousnesses. You place yourself in front of the sun and surround yourself and let the sunlight permeate your being, the sunlight. And it will get rid of them. Folks, here, here's the thing. Nick is going to come on the show. I guarantee, I promise you we're going to get him on there. Me and Nick have already gotten some ideas. I already got him down in my pad, and we're going we're gonna to talk. And he's got a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm talking knowledge about ancient civilizations. He's got knowledge about DNA, just you name it. The guy in holistic, uh, all kinds of everything. Me and Nick talk a lot about a lot of stuff. And, and he's practically become like a consultant, and I, and I consult with him. So... Um, but Tony, that's, that's he's being better. That's that's pretty good because I I'm I my stuff is so bad and I, I don't I don't know we want to go on but my stuff is so bad I don't even get around Ouija boards because I can no no I, you I, you don't want to I, you I, don't I, want I, to open up doorways I, with that I, I they come I just don't I I well, I'm not that on that kind of level where I just I know I know my boundaries and there's certain stuff that I just. You can't re- be around. I it. just can't be around. Mm-mm. Well, let me ask you this, go. Tony. Like, like that night that we that we had that incident. Now, Oscar had said something to me because mm-hmm. he because he at, around that same time he was living in, in, the, in the same complex I was. 
And his mother had said that she had had to go to a conandera because they had had some weird stuff going on in their house. And I remember Oscar saying, he goes, man, whenever I'm around you and Tony, weird stuff happens. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there thinking like, maybe because me and you, Tony, were in Taylor at that time. Mm-hmm. And then we were in the front seat together. I, I think we were the ones that attracted that thing, whatever it was. I, dude, that's, that's what... And my wife told me that they was probably there for you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they was probably looking for you. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff that <laughs> I it intentionally just bring stuff at it. And I have to be very, you know, careful. I have to be careful. And I know, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, well, what do you mean? And I experienced, I have experienced a lot of stuff. And there's a lot of, there's limitations on where, how far I will go. Because if not, I, Ill intentionally will bring stuff back and I didn't, that I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's now here and let's get into something because, here, folks, there is a I've I've made reference to this uh, place before when I was a young man and Nick. I know you. Were, I was talking to you about it the other day and Anthony. You know all these stories. I worked at a building and I can't say the name of it because people mm. will go and mess with it. It is in an area that's notoriously haunted and it's actually close to a, a very popular haunted location that is on ghost tours and stuff. So if you want to try to figure it out yourself, that's fine. But Tony and my other friend, Chad, we all worked at this building at different times. I worked there first. And now, Tony, you got to admit, I told you. Yeah. I warned you. Yeah. And I said, this building is messed up, bro. If you are prone to, you know, stuff, because me and you had already had the weird thing happen to us. I said, if you know, there's weird stuff in that building. And this is about a year after the the, the weird guy with the dogs that, you know, and you said, hey, man, I need a job. You know, we were broke Southsiders. You know, we were young kids. We needed to work. We needed money, you know. And so you did it first. And then I couldn't even believe Chad went and worked there after we did, after all the stuff happened to us. But what was crazy, though, is that that building, folks, I'm going to come on the show eventually, and I'm going to do at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half, just about all the weird things that happened to us at that building. Now, I'm not going to get into on this episode all the stuff. I'll give you a little bit of a history on it eventually, and I'll tell you um, a little bit about the, about, about what happened, you know, pr- you know, the beginning or whatever. And then I'll just go from there and I'll tell you the, all my encounters and experiences at that building. Now that there again, I was reluctant to come on the air and talk about that because I had no, um, way to, uh, you know, po- po- you know, say, Hey, this happened, you know, it's just my word. But now Tony, you worked at that building. And now I got you on the show. Mm-hmm. I would like for you to give a little bit of a, some of the things that happened to you there. So, over there, I, you know, in the beginning of wor- of working there, um, we worked for a security company. We worked for a, a security company, and uh, we had to do patrols at nights. And uh, I had to go one. On, I couldn't remember. I can't remember what floor it was on, but I know the eleventh floor was just like the eleventh floor was 11th horrible. Was very horrible. Freaking horrible. Freaking. I mean, very very <laughs> yes. horrible. I, I sometimes I'll skip that floor. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, I'm not going up there. Uh uh-uh. uh. But uh, there was. When I when I started working there, I uh, <laughs> took a nap, as you say, because I was going to school. <laughs> we all did. I, I was going to school during the day and working at night. Yeah, me too. All right? yeah, we all did. So I was, you know, I'll sleep four hours here, four hours there. So I was very tired that day, and I was like, man, I'm just gonna find myself a room, and I found myself a room, and I remember those lights being on because I'm that type of person. I will sleep with the lights on, and. I knocked out, and I don't know how long I knocked out for. It, to me, it didn't seem that long. But when I woke up, I woke up to a high screeching windows, 
vibrating sound and something whooshing by and me getting up just shaking and what I do notice is the lights were off okay and I could see shadows I could see it I could see a figure and I know something was there and it was it was time for me to go I'm not gonna lie I went out and I never went back to that darn place on that darn office again retired I'm done I retired from that off. I still kept working there. <laughs> yeah, you but, were, you were, yeah. But I, I, that area. with that area, but I mean, it, it got to the point where you know, you go up the elevator, you get off the floor. There's one elevator there. You have to walk to the end of the hallway and turn around and walk back because we're checking doors. And while I'm walking down that hallway, I can hear a door close, knowing darn well that I make sure all these doors are locked. There's nobody in the building because it's about three o'clock in the morning. The morning, yeah. You know, there's nobody there. And I, and you could see shadows, and you know, majority of the time, you I can feel where they where they're playful. A lot of these were playful. They they like they you know there's they mess with you. I'll just keep walking, you know. Um, and that's what we were told to do. Yeah, just the people that walking. trained us told us that. I told Nick that that they tell you, hey, just ignore it. You know, you'll see stuff. But they had they had good technology, so there's no way somebody uh, actual physical being could be in there no right no we had we had alarms yeah yeah we we were shut down there's you you got it you had to have a card key to go up yep you there's one way there's one way through that building that's through my front or through the parking garage but yeah you had to have a card key to get up there's not like somebody can mess around it's not there's nobody can sneak it because you could you if you if you happen just to get into the stairwell well guess what the door locked behind you you're stuck yeah you're stuck there's only one way out that's the ground floor through my area that goes to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's one way in, one way out. If you get out the stairs, so it's not like somebody was playing games with you. No. Um, and if they do, they're very dedicated. They're very talented, very dedicated uh, uh, person there. But I mean, it, it, throughout my whole time there, my experience, there was one thing after the other. I mean, even the janitors would be like, yeah, they would tell you, just tell you, just tell you. And they would, they would go through different janitors too. Yeah. Maintenance people. Yeah. That place was messed up. I remember one time, uh, I went up there and I still have a picture of us. And this is funny because it was around Christmas time. I don't know if you remember this, mm. but I went up there and we watched some movie together up there. Oh yeah. yeah it was me yeah, and you oh, and Chad. Oh, and, oh, um, 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 water, know. Wyatt or we had Wyatt Earp. That's right. We watched Wyatt Earp and we had pizza. (laughs) And we went up there and we hung out upstairs. Mm -hmm. And then I went to the bathroom and I already knew about this building because I had worked there. And and, and I went to the bathroom and right when I'm walking up to the bathroom, the toilet flushes. Well, I look back and I see y'all three in in the conference room and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, I had, so I have to go in there. And, and, you know, and then I just had to ignore it. I, I literally was like looking down. I saw something in the corner of my eye and I knew it wasn't one of y'all. And I was just like, I just have to ignore it, you know? And then I was kind of worried because I don't want whatever was in there to remember me and then follow me home, you know? And of course, Anthony, I've told you so many stories from that building. I mean, you know, yeah. and, and I, and I told you, I said, I wasn't the only one that experienced it. Now I did, I did get a hold of Chad McGregor just recently. I got back in touch with him and he's a real estate uh, guy, whatever, or he was selling real estate and I, and I talked to him and he was like, he goes, you know, I don't have a lot of weird stuff, you know, he goes, except for that building, you know, and I was like, well, there you go. I mean, because everybody had something happen to them at that place. I mean, it was like so ridiculous and it was so obviously haunted, you know, 
I, I got stories like if you read the guard log, just the guard log would scare you because it had guards from way back, and I was dumb enough to sit there one night and read through it. Oh my gosh! And then I was like, man, the, the <laughs> yeah. And so Tony, you you worked there. How long did you work there? For a while, man. I was I I, I endured it for a while because I needed. Yeah, I remember you needed the money. Uh, I, needed the I money. told I, Nick I, that I, the other day. I said I mean, we were poor. I, we needed we, money. And I, after a while, after I got I got used to it. All right. So it, it was. It, I asked him. I was like, why would he endure that? It, we were poor. We're, but but it it wasn't it yeah. wasn't. It it wasn't threatening, you know. There's it it wasn't. They weren't there just to, to. They were there just. They're playing with you. They're playing with you. That's not what I felt. <laughs> That's not what I felt. On some of the floors, some of the floors. Real quick, I'll leave you guys alone after this. Real quick, what if you guys being there and they're messing with you, disturbing your consciousness? Mm -hmm. What if you guys there? We're disturbing their consciousness and their reality, freaking them out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like that movie, The Others. The Others. Yeah. Then, then why, why, why us? Why not everybody? Why, why, why just particularly us? The guards uh, at night. Because you saw it. You were the ones that were able to actually interact, pay attention, be conscious of where everybody else was just like, screw you. But you guys were like, yo. I see you. Yeah, we see it. Yeah, I've done that. Sh I done. I know you're there. Yeah, you know. Either, to I, 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 like I'm talking to myself like I'm an idiot. I, I know you're there. You know. Well, when we were there that 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 night though, with one of my friends that that was that we were there hanging out that night, he he when we left, he was like, "Did y'all see anything weird in there?" And I played it off, and I was like, "No." And so, like for a couple of days, I just I just let him think, you know, he was crazy. And then he was like telling uh, Jace, our friend Jason, he mm. was telling him about it. You know, this guy I went to high school with. And he goes, Oh, you mean that haunted building that him and Tony work at? <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and Brian's like, Oh, you mean you know about that? And I was like, Absolutely. Yeah, I was just messing with you, dude. You're not crazy. No. And he goes, Dude, I thought I was losing my mind. I was like, Nobody's paying attention to this. And I'm seeing it, and y'all aren't paying attention. I said, Yeah, because me and Tony have already, you know, we know nothing, it's there. Nothing is better than validation. Yeah, validation. Seriously, yeah. especially on a metaphysical level, when you have multiple people experiencing this thing with your friends, and there's there's been times when me and my friends, like me, four or five of my friends, been like, okay, we all saw this. I'm the only one that admits that. Yeah, we saw that. My other friends were like, I'm not, I'm not messing with this. I'm out. I'm out. Years later, I'm like, you remember that, right? And they're like, yeah, but I'll never admit to it. Yeah, and and then and then of course you go on with your life and you don't. Like Tony, you went and you laid fiber optic cables, mm -hmm. right? And I know you said every time you go to Taylor, you would have this weird feeling. Every time I pass by there, every time I have to go through, I was like, man, I was <laughs> here just, it goes again. You here know, it goes, like, man. That did it. But you got to understand the geomantics of Taylor, the city of Taylor, including Austin, Texas. You guys get a chance to study geomantics, mm -hmm. electromagnetic energy, geomantics, grids, electromagnetic grid energy, lines, mm -hmm. crossing. The most powerful one is here in Austin, Texas. It's the most peaceful. The most terrible one, I'm sorry to say, I love D-Town, I love Dallas, Texas, but one of the biggest, baddest ones is in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, Dallas is very bad. You got to be a tough, you got to be a tough mofo to, like, like Anthony, my boy Anthony was saying, mm -hmm. like, the girls that come down from Dallas, man, they don't take no, no mess at all. They tough. 
gotta be tough. Was that who you were with earlier? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Sheridan. And so Sheridan. Yeah, I, I talked to him because I, I had to call and talk about that land deal because you, yeah. So so. So yeah. I was hanging out with Sheridan. I heard all that loud noise in the background. He was eating or whatever. Oh yeah. But Austin, Texas has one of the best geometric, like cross sections, like for like positivity and liberalism and like just like spiritual spirituality, metaphysics, like all that. Austin, Texas is the heart of Texas. And when people say that, like, it really is, it is the beauty. very much the heart the of Texas. beautiful part of Texas. And... Unfortunately, though, there are a lot of bad people here. I'm not going to lie. There yeah, are some yeah you, you, there are, there's bad people in every city. Yeah, there, but there's downtown, though. Working downtown, though, there, there's so many bad people. Like, I, they were just, they flock here from everywhere. To but be, down, to be bad but and downtown live. attracts every personality. Yeah, type of, every type of bad person. Every personality type. So you're going to have to deal people. with, I don't want to say the S word, but S heads. Mm -hmm. Am I being politically mm -hmm. yeah. correct? There's a lot of them. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Excrement heads. Excrement heads. <laughs> I don't know if I say it to be politically correct, yeah. but I mean, any city you live in, any town you live in, no matter how good it is, there's going to be one. Yeah. Well, the thing is, where, where me and Tony grew up, there was there was a lot of violence. I mean, we we did. We we there was there was a lot of fights. That yeah, we were East Side. Of, well, southeast, but I mean, you know, the even, thing, the thing oh, is, even worse. We grew up in, in in a rough area with a lot of uh, bad kids, knucklehead kids, and I used to get into fights all the time. Tony did. I mean, I've seen him beat people up. He's seen me beat people. Were <laughs> kids, you know. But the thing is, you know, when you look at the situation, you know, like as far as like what happened to us in Taylor, you know, we could say, hey, we attracted it, but I think that that thing would have been there regardless. I think we were just able to see it, and because we were able to see it, 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 it manifested to the guys we were with because they, they weren't were, really yeah. prone to having a lot of weird stuff. I think Taylor's an incubator. It because is. Because of the geomantics of where it's at, I think it's an incubator. I've been there. I've done work out there. I've built buildings out there. I've been out there. I felt the energy there. And me as a metaphysician and writing books. Yeah, that energy stuff, out there is. I've is. felt it. And like mm -hmm. that's, I, I built buildings out there once, and that was it. I was out. I'd rather go build a Hogan. Sorry, you know. And unfortunately, I'm building out there, but it's my hometown. And but but Elgin is blown up. Yeah, Elgin's blown up too. And yeah. it doesn't have the same energy as. But I think, yeah, T-Town. I think Taylor, though, I think it has some sort of energy, which, which, like you said, could could actually be like gateways. There's a vortex. Vortexes, yeah. For these things to come through, like these these canine type creatures. And, and so now in my life, I can sit here and I can say, you know, like I, my aunt used to always, my tia would talk about the Calejo and the Hombre Lobo, and I never believed in it until I saw it. I, I'm 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 of the opinion now, I was talking to, on, on one of the shows, folks, I don't know if you remember, I had Chief on. He's half Mexican, half Lapan, uh, Apache Indian. But one of the things that he talked about was the the Cadejo. He was he's real big into studying that. And off the air, I told him, well, I, I may or may not have had a Cadejo experience, but I'm not going to talk about it until I get you know Tony, you mm -hmm. on the show. And the thing is, I don't know that that's what that is. But the fact that the guy was wearing a shirt that had the the three amigos mariachi on there. I think mm -hmm. that was something symbolic because there may be something to the legend of, of the mariachi because you know what it is, is there was a guy, it was a, a landowner. Um, he had a very, he was very wealthy and he had a beautiful daughter and this guy wanted to woo her, but he was a lowly mariachi. He didn't, you know, so he made a deal with the devil <clears throat> and the devil made him play 
music. Of course, the devil we know is everybody says he was the the, the master of music. So, you know, that's the legend. So he made him able to to play the music to get the this this woman. And so, but once he got her, he eventually lost her. And then, of course, the devil always gets his due. And he he convinced uh, the the legend is he convinced uh, two or three of his buddies, you know, to go along with this to be mm-hmm. to become very popular. And uh, according to uh, my great aunt and a couple of older relatives, they claim that their grandparents remember this th- these guys as being like everybody loved their music all over Texas. They would travel and everybody was like, oh, they're awesome. You know, women liked them and they, they became wealthy because they could play music. They played every wedding and quinceanera and, and, and everything you could possibly imagine. And, and then, of course, they, they just one day – they all just died one after the other, just heart attack, heart attack, heart attack. And then they were dead. Yeah. The devil came and took his due. And then now, you know what we saw, cause there were six dogs, you know, I've often wondered if maybe that guy's shirt was a clue or and if that was like his, band, his a mariachi band consists of six members, six members. Yeah. But his shirt though, it just had three, but I think it was the three amigos, which from what I remember. And I thought, what better way to to to, to look like uh, inconspicuous than try or try to look inconspicuous is wearing a ball hat, wearing regular white shirt with like a a, a little Christmas thing with three amigos on there, you know, and it, it looks like a normal guy. But then when you look at his face, he had no eyes, no mouth, you know, and yeah. you only saw his features when he got real close to the window, and that's when Oscar started yeah. freaking out, you know, and that was the that's what I'm saying. I I I. I can never forget that moment. The intensity, the, I mean, yeah, there's there's one thing you you when you when your hairs raise up, uh, uh, when you feel the energy. There's another things when your hairs raise up and your body is tense. Mm-hmm. That to me, when that happens, that's that's totally that. They're not playing. This is this mm-hmm. is something beyond. This is evil. Yeah. What were you, you know? gonna say, Anthony? I was gonna ask. So, how exactly did this encounter with, with this guy and these dogs end? Did, I mean, did they just uh, okay, so from the point in time that that this man and uh, is right up on the window, like like right as it reaches its peak intensity, can you start there and describe what happened between there and the end of this whole ordeal? Do you want to take that, or you want me to take it? Was well, on you, my yeah, it was more on you. you it take was on that. my yeah, side. Yeah. So, from what I remember at that point. <laughs> Tony, you were more focused on getting out of there, and you kept telling me to start the. I'm like, man, let's get the he, F out of here, dude. He, he's yelling at this point. He's like, "Turn the key." I'm like, "I'm trying. I'm trying." Do you think I'm just playing around? I want to sit here with this demon. So this thing was on on that side, and of course, Oscar was <laughs> practically in Jason's lap, and I had this Buick, this car, you know, and, and so we had, and, and so Oscar was kicking the door with his feet, from what I remember. And I was like, dude, knock it off, because he's kicking my seat. He's kicking the door, but he's he's trying to get away, and he's practically on top of Jason. Now, that's <laughs> it sounds funny now, but I was like, dude, you're kicking my seat, Holmes, you know? And so I look in the rear in the, in the side mirror, and the guy had just kind of walked off. Now, folks, I wish I could describe to you, I could I could show you physically how, how he walked, because I could I could kind of you know, one day when 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 uh, Oscar was telling you, Anthony, like I kind of demonstrated, me and him kind of demonstrated to you how he walked, so you got an idea of how he did it. But it's hard to relay it to you folks at home. Now I'm gonna have to explain it to you. 
imagine not a Frankenstein's monster, you know, like his arms weren't out in front of him and he wasn't going, ah, you know, but his arms were kind of dangling kind of in front of his body. And when he moved his legs, okay, and this is what I remember, um, he didn't bend his knees. It was like he was walking like a, a toy soldier type of, is that correct, Tony? It's almost like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know I how. Mean, yeah. Yeah. My, again, my, my, yes. Yes. But again, my main thing, my main focus was those darn dogs. The right? dogs. The dogs is what, what. Because one of them was on the hood at that point, too. I you mean, know? yes, this guy was, was you know, no face. This guy was blacked out. His face black. I couldn't tell his facial features. But these dogs is what, uh, these dogs are what, what got me, man. Yeah. These dogs, mm -hmm. these dogs were, were, were what I sense more of. The then, evil then, coming off of them. Then, but their eyes didn't then, look weird or anything. They no, just looked like normal these, dogs. They're normal dogs, but I mean. <laughs> Hellhounds, yeah. Uh, because the, because on, on his side, and, and I told you this the other day, Nick, like like remember I told you there were Rottweilers that, that were pure black. Pure black yes. That I, and Tony confirmed that when he was we were talking about it earlier. And they were like on your side. But on my side, there were two what looked like, the only way I could describe it, folks, is dire wolves. I mean. These were not normal-sized wolves. And then the thing that was on the front of the car looked almost like a really elongated German Shepherd. Yeah. That's the only way I could describe it. And then the the the, the guy eventually teeter-tottered down the road, you know, and got away. And th there was a dog that was just sitting there in the window. And now Oscar, that's what he was saying, like, when he was telling you, Anthony, like, he has the nightmares. That's the part that he, that, that he remembers is that thing's face. Because it almost had like human-like eyes, according to what he said. Now I don't remember, you know, the eyes being weird or anything like that. I just remember dogs, and I did count six. There were two on y'all's side that were like rots. There was one that was in the back that was like, uh, like up on the 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 trunk, not standing up on the trunk, but on its hind legs on the trunk. One in the front, and then two humongous wolf-like dogs on my side. And I was just like, we're surrounded by six dogs. <laughs> you know, it is like, what? what is the deal here? Why are, and this guy who, I don't know, I think Mushu hit the nail on the head when we when we talked about this, you know, that 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 he was just a puppet. And it, so it looked like he was just out walking his dogs maybe as a yeah. facade. Now, how it ended was that, that like, like we talked about earlier, the fog was gone from the front of the car. The fog rolled with them. Okay. Um, the fog kind of like got kind of like was completely gone at one point when they were around the vehicle. But when they got past the vehicle, to, to, to what I remember was the fog kind of reappearing and them disappearing into it. And then we took off. And as we took off, I looked at my review mirror. And this is the weirdest thing was I saw what looked like half of a dog sticking out of the fog. And that was it. I did not. And then we drove off and we were just. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but the, see, that's the thing. When I when I say when, when I said it earlier, it, yes, there was a fog, but it wasn't like it was a dense fog. No, it wasn't dense. It wasn't like, like you know. they walked through and then you know you couldn't see them because the fog was so dense. It mm. was a light fog, but smoke. Yeah, smoke. Okay, smoke. Like there you smoke. go, smoke. There you go. Because I, I, I always thought it was. But where did the smoke come from? I always thought it was fog, because you know it was kind of a humid, like like you know, um, it had rained. And so I thought maybe, you know, it was, I think it had kind of rained or misted or something, you know? And so I thought, 
Well, that's probably there was there was like a uh, maybe maybe the, there was that's what it was. You know, I'm, I didn't pour rain or anything like that, but I remember it being kind of like drizzly or rainy or something. And and maybe that the, there was a, the, the fog. It, that's why I thought that was fog. But yeah, smoke could be what it was. I, I, whatever it was. Back I in mean, the ancient days, they call it holy smoke. Holy smoke. Where beings would appear and reappear and unappear through this smoke or fog. Yeah. They called it the holy smoke. <laughs> So, folks, what we did was we we, we conjured up another microphone. Uh, Nick was in the studio making a lot of good points, and as you know, Anthony's like, you know what? Why don't you sit in? So, Nick, you got your your mic'd up now. Mic'd up. So, go ahead and make your point about <clears throat> the Anthony. Ho- you got me still. Oh yeah, am I good? Yeah. Go ahead and make the point about the holy smoke. What you were talking about. So, back in the ancient of days, uh, when it pertains to religion, um, they called it the holy smoke. And this is where you were talking about beings um, coming into existence and out of existence through this type of fog and where they the would ether. appear and disappear. Well, it's not really ether. It's, it's just, not. What is it? it? It's it's a combination of the ether coming into physical existence uh, enough to let physical beings come into the physical existence and then that holy smoke or that ether goes back and then when they're ready to go back into the metaphysical they conjure back up the holy smoke or the ether the ether fog and then they can go back into it to switch back into other dimensions or to Mm -hmm. another dimension and go back through so this is what the holy men of back in the day talked about and they would say Jesus would you know appear out of nowhere but the holy smoke would form first and then he would appear I'm not trying to get too biblical but this is what they talked about mm-hmm. this is history this is what they talked about so this would explain the guy that, that appeared to to Tony you you were always very adamant that that it wasn't fog you had said that before yeah it, it, it i yeah. kept calling it fog cuz i didn't know <laughs> it looked like fog to me because like i said i thought maybe it had once you know. i said the smoke you guys are both like exactly there you go cuz it's not a fog is is very encompassing in in a very large presence where the smoke can appear in one place and then disappear in the same place. Yeah. Where it doesn't encompass a large, you know, expanse. Now, and, and earlier you were, when you were talking, you weren't mic'd up. You were talking about Taylor having a very weird feeling. And Tony, you had mentioned that when you would go to Taylor to lay the cable and stuff, that you would always feel weird. And yes. of course you had the weird experience there, but you said that you always felt weird there, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just. <clears throat> so. You know, it's it's the energy that you, the that, you energy. Can, that you can yeah. feel from there. There's certain type of energy. It's like what I said before. There's when you feel something. There's there's when you when when there's something that you feel. You could feel the hair stand up. You're like, oh look, my hair is standing. You can't up. see you, it. You can't but see you it, feel but it. you feel it. But then there's certain type of energy where your hair stands up, but your body is tense. I mean, you could feel palpable yes you you can feel the energy and you and you know that energy is is not right your logical mind is like okay there's nothing really going on i can't see it but i can feel it right 
Now, Anthony, you growing up in Taylor, and and of course you you know you've always you grew up around all these weird stories and legends and all this and that. You were always out and about doing stuff in town, and of course you had that La Llorona experience. You know, yeah. Do you did you ever feel that like just being out and about in Taylor in the evening, walking around or whatever, just feeling weird, having a weird feeling? Sometimes, I mean, it was never anything serious, and if that feeling ever. If that feeling ever would have uh, occurred to someone else who who was with me strongly, then I I think I just just kind of ignored it or put it off on some kind of you subconscious were level. You used to it. You grew up there. You were used to it. Probably. I mean, I I didn't have any other frame of reference because I was born and raised in Taylor. So you were acclimated to it. Yeah, you were acclimated to it. See, when I went away and I came back, that's how like because I I was living in South Austin, Tony, and hanging mm-hmm. out with you all the yeah. time. And then when and I and then we went back to my hometown to to hang out and talk to some old friends or whatever because we were just out running around doing whatever, and uh, it was on the weekend I remember that, and we went back there to to hang out or do something and I think it was like a party or something that didn't pan out or something so then we decided to talk to some friends and I, I felt weird going back there I would feel it whereas when I live there and you're immersed in it you're just kind of used to it. You know, but once you leave and then you return, you're kind of like, man, there's a weird energy in this place, a very weird feeling. Because you get away from it. It gets off of you. Yeah, it gets off of you. And then you go to another place and you get acclimated to that other place, that other energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's think... other people's energy. And then you come back a while later and you're like, whoa. Yeah. What is this? Thick. What were you yeah. saying, Anthony? I think the most intense I've ever felt that that kind of, uh, it's like, it's like a internal alarm that, that's kind of going off is is just whenever i would walked up to that uh that old abandoned sanitarium oh, with my man, friends because like, i just knew that it, even though it would have been cool and, and whatever something was telling me you're being foolish turn around and just go home don't don't do this don't do it don't do it don't do it and then i just listen to it uh, and it's, it's weird it's like a spiritual warning system i, I can't really describe it any other way it's a I, metaphysical warning. Yeah, yeah it's I a have, metaphysical red flag. Yeah, yeah. I have a you weird. Feel it, you feel it on a on a level that doesn't hit you physically, it, but it hits you on a metaphysical, like internal level, to where you're like, my mom would not approve of this. My dad would not approve of this. This place would not approve of me being here. And so you just automatically leave, even though your friends might be like, "Yo, we got to go in here and we got to check this place out." You on a very intellectual, like spiritual, mental, physical level, you're like, no, I'm out. The, the, the one thing, I, I got a story that Anthony, that you had told me from one of your friends who lived across the street from that place. Oh, yeah. Well, he he said he had a friend who lived right across the street from that place in, in, in this old house, which Taylor's full of old, creepy old, houses. There's a lot of old, creepy yeah. houses. There are big houses. But in a nutshell, he just said that that um, it, whenever he would spend the night over at his friend's house, he would he would hear the pitter patter of footsteps, and, and and then there wouldn't be anyone else in the house, and and he w- he would see these like these shadows kind of uh, run across the hallway. That like he would be in his friend's room playing video games, that, and his friend's bedroom door would be open, which w- which would went out to a hallway, and he would just see like a shadow casually run across and 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 hear hear the little footsteps, and it, he he told his friend like hey I, i'm seeing these things and to his friend he was just like oh yeah that's that's just that happens it's here i, I don't know what else to tell that, you man funny let's go back to playing tony hawk what he, what he said is 
Y'all heard of, uh, of back in the East Side Mets Mets school? Mets, they, yeah, yeah, Mets. I used to go to that school. Oh my gosh, it's a very I, haunted I, place. I was a student in that school. I remember, and this is where I, this is where I, I, I you know, being a long time, I can tell. I, 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 I've learned about different stuff when I was there because you, there's times when you can walk through the hallway and you, you know, hey, I got to use the restroom, go to the hallway. You can hear footsteps. You can hear the somebody in the restroom, which you know there's nobody in the restroom. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can hear that. You can hear the kids. Uh, and I thought it was just the next classroom, but you know, when you at that age, when you come out of the, come out there, you really don't pay attention. You look, you're like, eh. You know, um, but yeah, the little that 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 energy that you feel, and that that's the kind of energy that I say that when you, when you feel you can, I feel that when that energy hits you, there's a level in your body that that when 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 you feel that spirit, when you feel that energy level, that you can tell. Well, okay, this is not a a evil spirit. This is not evil. This is not a, a, aggressive. Uh, there's it's the wrong place at the wrong time, and you, you gotta you gotta get to stepping. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there's there's energy levels where, where it hits you. You know, you're like, I, you gotta go. It's it's time to go. You know, it, it, you yeah. feel it deep. It's just it's just here. And but the little pitter patter, the little steps that, that reminds me of of Mets, of Mets Elementary School. And I never knew that it was so. It was really like how haunted it was until they started well, tearing it down. Tearing it down, and then when they did the the the, the renovations and all that, mm-hmm. a, a buddy of mine's company, mm-hmm. a friend of ours, Anthony, knows him, a, a guy that we knew. He had a company, and he, they did the. Uh, and he's actually he he's a dog handler. You know who he is. Yeah. And so he 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 said him and his dog were out there. Um, great guy, you know, ex marine, real cool dude. Um, and just w- was 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 out there with his dog, and his dog kept growling and growling. And he was like, "What's going on?" He claimed to have seen three, like what looked like little children, walking like uh, through the in through the windows when like he was there doing security there. And he told me and another guard that that still actually works for us part time. But he said, "He goes, I saw this. He's like, what three looked like three little kids." He's like, and when I shine my flashlight on them, he said they, they was just black. They were just black shadows. And the light just kind of went into them. And it just they just sat there. It was like three little black shadows. And uh, he was like, yeah, it was pretty freaky, man. He's like, he goes, I decided to, t- to leave for just a minute and go to the store, kind of get my bearings. And he said all night long, my dog was just growling and growling. And he couldn't get him to stop. And so and then the next night, the dog wouldn't go. He wouldn't even get in the car with him. And he said that he worked it for about a month. And he said he just it was like he just stayed facing away from the building because he didn't want to deal with the uh right. Yeah. Now I I've been in, I was in construction fifteen years. I had a GC company and I noticed that a lot of places that wanted me to tear down apartment complexes, big houses, uh, they were like the place is haunted. So we want to tear it down and rebuild something else. Yeah, well it's still there. And so I'm like, okay. And then six months, a year later, they'd still complain the place is still haunted. I'm like, well, you, you you just tore down the structure, the physical structure. You didn't get rid of the spirits that grew up there, died there, and like still have memories there. And their astral body, their astral like consciousness is still there. Mm-hmm. And so they'd eventually bring me back because they knew I wrote <laughs> books on metaphysics and, you know, how to get rid of like, you know, spirits and stuff like that. Well, like... So so we we spent a bunch of money like you know 
tearing down and rebuilding, how much is going to cost to get rid of these spirits that are still haunting the place? Yeah, it doesn't go away. And I'm like, you don't have to pay me money. Just give me one thing and I'll get rid of these spirits and I'll, I'll, I'll help them move to some other place. Because you can't get rid of them altogether. This is consciousness mm-hmm. on an unfettered like, level, basically. You can't destroy consciousness. Yeah. It can go to sleep for a while, but it never gets destroyed. Exactly. It just moves around. <clears throat> so, Nick, so that, that begs that, the question, though, like, hold on real quick. I mean, <laughs> I got I to gotta say this. You, you, were, you had a friend who had an, at a complex in Taylor that had been torn down, but it still had the slab. And you know how sensitive I am to spirit stuff. And nobody will buy the And you, and you were like, slab. hey, man, you want, you want to buy those two acres? <laughs> you can but, buy but I, I did was like, offer, no way. But I did offer to get rid of that old conscious, the old spirits that were there, make them move around. Well, I'd rather just not do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because you grew up there. And I told You grew up yeah. there. And see, see Tony, I told there. Nick, when he, Nick told me that, I <laughs> said, Nick, I'm good. I don't want to, yeah. when you described mm-hmm. it, Because I was you like, grew up there. Yeah, exactly. There could be a whole stronger consciousness, like personality that comes in, builds there, and they just, Free the, clear the place, but they also know me, and they know I can clear the place and get them to move yeah. to somewhere else. You know what I'm saying. So, so, so go, go back to your idea of this guy that we were talking about earlier, the one that me and Tony encountered, the the whatever he was, the black face guy. Yeah, the the, the, the dark out eyes, the void. The now, explain explain the the idea what you had said off off air for that minute when okay, we were mic. So the up. void face. Yes. <clears throat> void of mouth, void of eyes. Yes. So. When you sign a deal with the devil, now you got to understand that when you when you're dealing with what people call the devil or El Shatan or Shatanel or whatever, you got to understand this isn't just a person. This is a consciousness. This is a level of consciousness. So when you're dealing with that level of consciousness, it's not one particular being. It's a level of consciousness that you're dealing with. Like a hive mentality. That you're, you're signing a metaphysical contract with. Some people do it in blood. Some people do it with a prayer. Some people do it with an oath. Now, this is some crazy shit, but I'm sorry. 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 I'm working on it. Anyway, so you got to understand that this is an oath. Just like with we were talking about the other day, spelling. Mm-hmm. When you spell something out in yeah, letters, cursive. it's a spell, a magical spell. Mm-hmm. You're just writing it on paper. And when you write it in cursive, you're, it's a curse. You yep. know what I'm saying? Like, and you're making it in a negative way when you write it in a spell way. Anyway, so with this type of stuff, like you got to understand, you can, you can make beings on just a conscious level move away to another space. Or so to another level. What was this guy in your opinion? So this dude, man, he made a deal with the with the DEV. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, and his his skill was singing and seeing. So when you sing, what do you love to see while you're singing? The your crowd, fans, your audience, your fans yeah, paying attention to yeah, you. Absolutely. And you you absorb that energy just like children. What do children? constantly say dad dad watch watch mom mom Mm -hmm. watch watch i'm riding my bike it's my first time no 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 they want attention so that's what human beings want and you can see this in social media every single day on the billionth scale 
Yeah. People just, you know, like, man, so, it's so, crazy. So, so let me get this straight. So, Nick, what you're trying to say in a nutshell is, and maybe this could help, like I said, Tony, give you some insight into what, that's why I said maybe we had some answers right. here. Right. What Nick is saying is that, that that the devil took away his mouth. Yeah, because when you eyes. when when you make a deal with the wow. DVL, what a horrible! Existence. When you make a deal with the DVL, you're making it where I get riches, I get the the most women, or the most all this, the greatest, the greatest feelings, physical, spiritual, mental. You get all the greatest, like like gratification. Yeah. But on the other end of the coin, the flip side is the exact opposite. And that's yeah. what the DVL creates, calls hell. And so when you saw this dude who was the mariachi guy, the mariachi singer, he made a if deal with the devil. He, was, yeah. he got, he got, he probably got the most beautiful women. He had a bunch of money. He had like boats, yachts. He probably had all the greatest things. That he sold his soul for because he wanted the easy way to get all that. He didn't want to work for it. So that's where DVL comes in and says, yo, I got a deal for you. Right? But then in the end, you're a slave. In the end, you're beyond a slave. You're, you're, sorry, I almost said the F word. Go ahead. But you're, you're a zombie slave. Because just like that dude was walking down the road, uh, like Frankenstein, no mouth couldn't sing anymore no eyes he couldn't get the attention anymore it's the exact opposite well, let me ask you this though and tony th this is a question and, and anybody wants to answer it this is the round table after all tony let me start with you what, what do you think like what was the significance of him stopping and looking in the window at oscar because he didn't have eyes obviously but he looked in the window at oscar I mean, he didn't look in the window at us. Yeah, he didn't look at us. I, I, that, which, but he what, did see you. Well, he did. I mean, obviously something was going and on there. But you guys have eyes. Yeah, and consciousness. You saw the dogs. Yeah, you were doing your thing, partying. But what, at no, the same well, why time. was he looking at, at Oscar though? You? No, he was. He, he was didn't looking look at, at me. Boy, he, your boy. He was, he was looking at my boy. At Oscar, in, yeah. in the back seat. But what was he doing? He was nothing panicking and panicking trying and, trying and jumping himself well, to the other guy next exactly. to him. Well, maybe that's why. He was expressing he, the most intense emotion fear. and yeah. fear. And had, that's what he, that but, darkness feeds off of. He had the most to offer for yeah, whatever that, that He was the youngest. Was. And he was probably the most afraid. And, and, I, and I was just thinking, maybe he felt something from, from, from Oscar. And, and then fear. He's feeling that fear because he was freaked out. Out. And that I dude, mean, he, that dude was instilling the most intense feeling because that's all that being has is feeling. He doesn't have any sight anymore. He doesn't have any speech anymore. All he has is feeling. Wow, that's pretty intense. And that and that that gives us a lot of uh, insight too. And folks, I want to say this too. We were actually very sober when this happened. Yeah, yeah, we were. We were sober. <laughs> we tried to get beer earlier in the night. Yeah, and we couldn't. So uh, yeah, we, 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 we were were, we were sober. Sober, yeah. You guys were young back we were then. We were sober for being young. Yeah, seventeen <laughs> years old. But, but let me tell you, when I was like fourteen, I was still able to get beer. Well, we could have. We were in Austin, but we were in my hometown. Yeah, so, Taylor's we, we, we small. Missed it was the, real uh, small the party. back then. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a party out in Circleville or something. We didn't make it, and I don't remember the whole deal. But that 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 night, I'll never forget it. 
Now, I wanted to move on from that. Nick, that was a great explanation. Uh, but do you think that that's – is that correct, do you think, Tony? That that- I, I, I think he, he, he was there. He was – he felt something there. I, yeah. I think he was look, he he was looking for something, and he was – and I think he hit it right on the, around the head. No, that man. was that fear that Oscar had. He was yeah. reacting. He, he Yeah, he was – I mean, dude, he, he was just out of there. Yeah, he was freaking. Uh, he out. He was freaking out from you know, you had to be freaking out. Just you know, you're sitting there, and they say, you know, your your boy just jumps on you <laughs> doing this, you know, trying to do this. Especially <laughs> when you big, tough, strong wrestler football players, and you ain't yeah, scared of nothing. Yeah, we're not. We're not we're, we weren't like we're, scared. Yeah, you we're, we're not scared a, we're of not, nothing. I mean. We weren't intimidated by a lot. Of, Jason was was a, was a wrestler. I was a wrestler and a boxer. You were a boxer. I you mean, know, we were all pretty tough kids. <laughs> you know, I mean, but you know, we were talking about that on the way back though, and and and, I, and of course, one day I, I went up to Mount Bonnell and I was with with a couple of the guys from from back in the day, Greg, yeah. you know, Hill, and, and 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 I was talking to him, and Greg was like, "What would you do if that man with the dog just jumped out right now?" Because Jason was with us. And Jason was like, "Dude, I would be gone." He goes, "Y'all oh, would be," and I said the same thing. And then, and then Greg, Greg, Greg told Jack, "He's like, you know, well, uh, you know, according to Tony, he goes, y'all were the ones that were most scared, whatever." I know you didn't say that because wow, Jack, Jack liked to mess with people. And I said, "Nah," I said, "Tony didn't say that because Tony was afraid too. We were all afraid, and we all agreed that up to, that it was a terrifying experience, and nobody was acting like tough about it. We were just, and but we did talk about it. And I told Greg, I said, if we." If you if you had to make me try to get out of that car, I probably would have melted into a puddle, because it was yeah. scary. Yeah. I mean, those dogs. Yeah. I think they would have just killed us. I mean, and then maybe taken I, us to I, another I dimension not, or something. I, I would have just just I would have just took it. I would just stayed in the car. Whatever came in, came in the car. I would not gotten yeah. out. Those dogs. I'm telling you, I was focused on those. Those dogs were there. They were roaming around for a reason. But you know, the thing is, you nobody know? remembers the the eyes glowing or anything like that. No, there's nothing it, weird it, about it, that. Like there was no yellow or or red or. It sounds like they were like junkyard dogs, mm-hmm. just following a dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's scary in enough as it why is. they were jumping up on the car though was was a whole nother. You might have been in their territory. That may be. I mean that area was a pretty rough area. Cause like junkyard dogs, if you roll up in their spot, so you're talking about junkyard dogs from hell. No, like have you ever been to a junkyard? Well, yeah, I mean junk- I know what junkyard dogs are, junkyard but these dogs. were not real. I mean, to me, the way they they moved and and, and the way that they kind of disappeared. That sounds more like us. hellhounds, but it also sound like hellhound junkyard dogs. That's what that's what I meant, like yeah. hellhound junkyard dogs. Yeah. yeah. So, it was, so Tony, moving on, did, did you want to talk about, uh, you said there was one other experience you had in your life that was really intense and terrifying. Do you want to talk about that or? Sure, why not? Man? Are you, are you I, ready? I, 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 are you ready, dog? Well, I'm, I'm, re- I'm, I'm here already, so. <laughs> I mean, okay, so, and this was maybe a year after Year and a half after, when I was still at Sunny Meat apartment. Yeah, where you lived. Which yeah, those we're, apartments we're, were haunted too. Uh, those apartments were, were tripped out. Um, That's on that, the east side, right? No, nah, this south, is on the south side. South side, southeast side, southeast, southeast. Right there, southeast, old tor- old tor- yeah. southeast. Yeah. I've yeah. been to Sunny Mead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, bro, those were some rough apartments, bro. Yeah, yeah. they're roguish. Well, yeah. yeah, you didn't want to go swimming in the pool, man. You might get a syringe in your foot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
this the, the experience that happened to me and I, I i've been trying to figure this out for a long time and this is really this is more of a spiritual level this wasn't more of a physical uh this was more because remember i tell you there's things that i that i got used to that that i don't put myself around and that we was with a group of friends and they wanted to play with the Ouija board. And as soon as I caught eye on that, but they already had done play, was playing with it at the time. All right. So I walked in on that and I seen, hey, you want to, I was like, F you, no, I am gone. They're it like, doesn't matter. They opened the gate. They already they, opened it's it. Already, it's already, okay. So later on that night, I was in the apartment. I was laying down. I was going to sleep. I uh, was having... You know, it, it was more of a spiritual because there was, I, and I felt this presence, man. I, and like I said, and, and I know I said, you know, I said this before already. There's certain type of energy that that they they they'll hit you that you can after a while you can tell what kind of energy it is, what kind how how it feels. All right, this didn't feel right, and I kind of felt this, but I kind of played no mind anyway. But um. When I later on that night, I was dead asleep, and and I say I say this is spiritual because you know it it whatever that was took on a a a a, a form in me that you know I that it was a real bad evil presence where I my I was I woke up freaked out, but within this this within this was was a vision of this ball of fire all right ball of fire and very into i mean it, the emotions and everything I, I, that was there and i was there and this fire and then it what what the purpose was is this one wanted to consume me it, to it, consume it, you to consume me like not like you know, oh i'm eat you kind of like the energy wanted to take over. Mm. It wanted me. Wanted to take over your consciousness. It wanted, your yeah, exactly, your exactly, soul. exactly. Yeah. Just absorb you into it. Exactly, exactly that. And what transpired was my grandmother appeared. All right. This, my grand, my, my grandmother passed away when I was nine years old. All right. My grandmother appeared. And whatever tongue she was speaking, whatever she was saying, what I kind of grasped from it is saying, you will not get him. You will not take him. Take him. And She was protecting you. She was. She was protecting you. But your bolita showed up and, and drove it away. It was probably in Latin. Like, that's a, that's a powerful, magical language. language. She was probably protecting you in Latin. To make sure they can't get you. It it it's it felt like a lifetime when I was in at what thing when this was transpiring when everything was happening. Yeah, and, and what I got of it and what what it was, she was you will not take him. You will be gone. It was kind of like be gone kind of thing. You know, you will leave. You will not take him. And this entity, what is entity? This whatever it was went away. But like I said, it was that's why I don't mess with it. I don't. Would I, yes, they already had opened up the gate, like you said, and I know I, I there's certain things I will I will run away from because and those are one of those things because I it 
when I felt that, man, I felt that energy. I felt, I know it wasn't good and it came with me and it, and I, what happened with, man, I was, I was so freaking free. You're lucky. You're lucky your grandmama was there mm -hmm. to, I, to like deconjure that. So they I'm couldn't, breathing, I'm breathing they couldn't, heavy right so now. So they just couldn't snatch about you up because trust me, man, your consciousness is all you have. People think your physical body is all you are. No, no your mm -hmm. consciousness is immortal. That's yep. when like that's people, that's when people talk about you're immortal and they talk about you're immortal. Your consciousness is immortal. You can reincarnate in many different physical bodies, right? but your consciousness will never die. You just transform into another level of energy in that regard people got to understand don't discount your consciousness you you have to like really like savor your consciousness savor the flavor of your consciousness and once people get that you will move to the next level and the next level and the next level and understanding that you can feel not just consciousness, the universe, not just other people's feelings, not just other people's thoughts, the whole universe as a living, breathing being. And from there, there's no limits. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, and, you know, Nick, we've talked about this before, about how the universe, you know, is... The, uh, the there's a consciousness to the overall universe and we are all one. And there's this whole uh, thing, you know, in like Hollywood and in, and in all these different uh, aspects of our life, you know, in like movies, they're always like, you were talking about how everybody's like, there's the one, you're the one, he's the one, you know, when in reality we are all in this together and we are all one. Yes, we are. There is one, but it's all of us, not just one individual. And they just try to put it on one person. And one person and say that this That's is, That's the know, trick. Yeah. And and and, it, cause, and then that was another thing that Jesus talked about when he, he came and said, you know, he came to teach the, the, the word of God to the, to the Greek, the Jew, the Gentile, like that all men could, 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 you know, get salvation. That was something that wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't appreciated at the time. They were like, nope, we're the ones, it's us, you know, not, you know, and so. We're God's chosen yeah, we're, people. And so you can't do that. That's not, you know, so that was, was what they, they uh, at the time, did, were not ready to accept. But Jesus was trying to explain that we're all in this together, you know, and I think that's one of the things that he's, he was talking, you know. Uh, on, on the level of what you were saying about your <clears throat> your grandmother, now, Latin being, Latin being the, the the language that Nick, do you want to explain a little bit about that about the Latin thing? So, what people like I study ancient history. I write books on ancient history, ancient human origins, advanced um, anthropology, uh, advanced origins of religion. Which back. eventually we will get into on the show. Oh yeah, oh man, it's it's good. But um, people understand that language writing is very powerful. And our language and our writing has been downgraded so much throughout the centuries. And when you go back to Latin, which is a lot of uh, magical incantations were spoken in Latin because it was a very powerful vocal um, incantation, like just making incantation actually based language. Make, making things come from the metaphysical to the physical. 
basically. Um, that's why Latin became a dead language is because they understood how powerful it was and they had to stop. Cause that. it could speak things into existence. Exactly. So my boy, our boy here was talking about, um, he, you know, went into a state of mind where, um, his grandmother came to and she was speaking in Latin cause there were these beings trying to, uh, consume. like consume his soul. And his grandmother, who's past deceased, came through and was speaking a Latin chant. More than likely. To, yeah. pr- to protect him. And it worked. So that's. Yeah, she, she cast him out. That's so. proof. Yep. So yeah. for, for a lot of, for real quick, real quick, for a lot of people that don't understand that language and the vocal tone, the, the whole uni verse, uni verse, one verse, verse equals vocal. Verse means vocal. So the universe is held together by a one vocal tone. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into this later. It's coming in my next book, what that ex- actual sound is. And it's not ohm. And it's not, you know, hey, none of that. It's it's one specific tone that holds what I call God's glue. Uh, that holds everything together in physical and metaphysical terms. Um, but you got to understand that. How we speak, what we say, how we say it, the enunciation, and the, it all matters. The, the, the way we say it, the way we like put it out there with our how loud we say it, how softly we say it. You got to understand people out there really realize that what you say has power and how you say it, how loud you say it, how soft you say it, the enunciation of what you say affects everybody and it creates a reaction. Out of people. Is that true? Yeah. Like, absolutely. like you really, like for yeah. real, for real, like thoughts become feelings, feelings become actions, actions really lead to results. So you got to like really pay attention to what you say, how you say it to people and just think your words out before you say it because words are powerful. Yeah. Words are very powerful. And, and, I, and I don't believe in coincidences. I don't think it's a coincidence that I, you know, gravitated towards you, Tony, when we were in high school and that we hung out and we had similar interests, you know, and because we became friends before I even knew that you were, you boxed. Yeah. And then and I, you were at South Austin Rec and I was mm-hmm. at Metopolis Rec. And then I was like, you box? And I was like, yeah, me too. And then, you know, we both had black eyes. So, you know, like, so then we ended up like kind of cross training, hanging out. Black whatever. eyed guys, not black eyed peas, not black, black eyed, eyed kids, guys. but, you know, but uh, we, we, we kind of, you know, we, we found common ground. But then the fact that you had such a spiritual aspect about you too uh, is another. And then it's not a coincidence, Nick, that you and me ended up in this office together. I tell people that it's so weird that, that me and you have such similar interests. And the first time, I, I found out that I was going to have to share the office with somebody. I'm going like, oh, I told my wife, I was like, man, I hope it's not some guy that I don't, you know, and, and, and I'm not going to get along with and he's going to be in my way, you know. And then, and I met Nick and then I was like, oh, oh, thank God. I mean, I literally was like, thank you, God in heaven, because. Now, Tony, Tony was telling me, like, you don't like 95 percent of the people you meet. No. And <laughs> I, I remember I remember I was on the phone with my girl. I was on the phone with my girl and I was like, yo. Ninety five percent of the people he that he meets he does not like, but he actually likes me, and and I I get it I understand because we're on the same level with like yeah it takes a lot and and I didn't have a huge group of friends in high school I mean I had like a few friends and 
And uh, as Tony could attest, I was always, you know, if, if I didn't like you, well, you would know it. And yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, pertaining but, to certain energies attracting one another, I mean, ju- just look at our household, Wolf. I mean, we're all we're all very different people, but we're all kind of in the same boat in the sense that in some form we're kind of either the black sheep of our family or we're kind of like outcast. So, yeah, society's outcasts or rejects, you know, but and, and people who never really felt like they had a home anywhere else except for, for with one another. Like I myself never felt like I truly belonged uh, anywhere or with anyone in Taylor. And, and, and to this day here in Austin, with our within our household, with our group of guys, is the only place that I know that I know in my heart this is where I belong. Yeah. So it's 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 all of us meeting each other and uh, sharing these ideas. This is not a coincidence. None of it is. And like like attracts like. And Nick, you said that the other day. You were, you were from giving. from a from an intuitive standpoint, from an experiential standpoint. I'm almost fifty, bro. I look like I'm twenty. Ridiculous! I don't, I don't know how. Yeah, I would never. Yeah, yeah you don't I don't know young. how. Mm-hmm. I got kids that look older than me, but uh, your guys' dynamic, your because you guys live in a household. You guys' dynamic is like incredible. It's on point. Lightning in a bottle. You guys' dynamic is incredible because you guys grew up. You know, what I'm saying with each yeah. other, right? And you got to understand when like attracts like, but you actually pull those forces together and make it work naturally without having to actually make anything work it just na- it just happens mm. that's power yeah, yeah. it's just that's organic real, there's organic. there's no organic there's, there's no organic conscious. power that's yeah. beyond whole foods bro <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like there's no beyond organic there's no conscious effort that goes into it it's just mm. people being themselves and they click with one another just by being who they are well me and tony yeah. we hadn't talked in, in in years you know and then the other then until a couple years ago when i hit you up man yeah and, and then yeah. we just picked up where we left yeah, off. we picked up where we left off like, yeah. like old friends i mean yeah. you know i got pictures of us hanging out you know and i, I was showing my wife one day she, i was like that's that's who, that's who he is, and it's a picture of us in our security uniforms working over there, top flight security over there. Now, now most most people don't know. I don't know if y'all like have, have ever seen a picture. I don't know if y'all have ever seen a picture of Wolf, but he, he's a big dude, bro. Seriously, yeah. you're like my for my TV shows, my movies and stuff. Like you're gonna be my bodyguard. Like you're gonna be you're gonna be in the background in a big black suit, a big four piece suit. With the earphone and the earbud, and like looking mean, and trust me, like Wolf, the nicest guy, but he's been through some things. He's a tough guy. Trust me, he's a tough guy. But you're gonna be that guy in the background that people go, "Whoa, hey!" <laughs> yeah, I, I, I told my wife my bodyguard <laughs> days and all that. Hopefully, that's behind me now. But right, uh, well, well, okay, let's do this, and I'll be your bodyguard. There you go, you? Nick. <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, and, and the thing too, Tony is like, you know, you, when you were younger, like you were very much a fighter, you were very much a tough kid, but you also, you, you realized that there was more to the brain, less to the boot. You went to the army right? and then you, you got out and you did the fiber optic cable thing for a while and then it didn't, it didn't pan out. So then you went back to school, got a degree right? and then you reinvented yourself and now you're an IT guy at a hospital. Right. And, and so, so, you know, that's something that says something you know, and I, I, I'm, I hazard to guess too that that you know if if we didn't stop boxing, our, we probably wouldn't be able to uh, think as clearly <laughs> as we do because, you know, because yeah. a lot of the guys I'm not going to say you know their names, but 
you know, a lot of those fighters, man, I mean, you run into them and they're like, oh, you know, and you're like, woo, I'm kind of glad I didn't go and keep doing that and going to the MMA and do all I, that stuff. I got out of MMA because I understood one thing that was taught to me by one of my best business coaches was this. You get paid more working from the neck up than the neck down. That's right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely do. If you, you know, and if not you to don't knock protect, all my if you friends, don't protect but, you know, the neck up, that's right. You you can lose everything. Yeah, I mean, you know, and like my buddy Chief, you know, he comes on the show periodically. He's an MMA. He does Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He teaches it. He's got a school, uh, Arcanum Combat, and he's actually very. He's he goes to tournaments on the weekends and. He's kind of stopped doing the striking stuff, you know, because he wants to preserve his mind, you know. And and I got some friends out there who who are still fighters and doing what they're doing, you know. And and, and I'm not knocking anybody for it, but I wouldn't want to do it again because I want to keep what I have intact, you know. And and so the last thing I think, Anthony, did you want to say something uh, in terms of what happened with uh, Tony and his? Uh... Yeah, I just wanted to make a point that. Oh, uh, the fact that that his that his grandmother was was speaking a language unknown to him, but yet he could still comprehend. Yeah, like kind of deduce what what she was saying. Um, yeah. is is kind of something that I can relate to because it, when you're in altered states of consciousness, you can kind of understand like certain certain languages that you don't understand when you're in your normal self, and you can understand. Uh, very complex ideas and and kind of weave these complex ideas together in this big tapestry, this giant web, and and develop like an extremely deep understanding of how all these ideas, these people, these places, whatever it is, are connected. But then once you're pulled out of that altered state of consciousness, it all goes away, and you're, you're you struggle to with your physical mind, you struggle to try and think like, man, but what was that? I, I understood it so well in my dream or when I was during my meditation, whatever it was. But I I just, for the life of me, I can't pull it together with my physical mind right now. But on the, on the spiritual level, when you're in that different state of consciousness, it's like it just all, it soaks into you like a sponge. It's effortless. Makes sense. You're like, did I really understand that? Yeah, I did. But did I really understand that? Yeah. Yeah. Because I did, but do I accept it? Yeah, and that's accepting of it is is a big part of it too. When you come back into this reality, yeah, because I think whenever you're back in this reality, obviously you're subject to your to the your body's limitations and your 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 uh, your own beliefs. subject to your own yeah, yeah your own and beliefs your and your own, beliefs, your own your, right. the capacity of your own physical mind. Well, folks, you know, um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, this has been another episode of PRT Paranormal Roundtable. I'm here with uh, Anthony. Uh, that's my nephew. Tony Duran, one of my old, old friends from Thank gosh, you for having me. Here, 30 man. years we've been yeah, friends. 30, 30 years. Man. And 30 Nick, years. uh, it was it was a relatively new friend of mine, a couple months now, but uh we've been sharing the office and I haven't wanted to kill him. So I mean that says something. I like him. I like talking <laughs> to him. And my wife likes having you here because and you're I a very have, calming. I influence. have not want to kill you, but also your wife approves of us hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> So that says that says a lot. That, that's the most you don't important. like a lot of people. Yeah. I, I, no. I'm, she she says I'm basically therapy for you. Yeah, which is well, you good, give me some, you ground me with some good ideas. You know, but, but like, bro, we we really know a lot. We're both like we know a lot, and we want to share this stuff with people. And he doesn't say that in an arrogant way. You know what he's saying is like he we've studied a lot. I, I, Nick is constantly in there. 
you know, working away. He, like you said, he writes books. Um, one of the books you're going to come on and talk about, and it's kind of a self-help thing. And I think that people will like it. Self-help, ancient history, ancient, history. ancient, ancient archaeology, ancient technology. Yeah, studies, man. Believe human, me. Human origins beyond human origins. And we're and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. So we are going to let you go for right now, folks. Everybody out there in uh, YouTube land or Spotify, whatever you're listening to us on. Good night. Good night.